With Lucky Land Slots, you can get lucky just about anywhere. This is your captain speaking. Uh, we've got clear runway and the weather's fine, but we're just going to circle up here a while and uh, get lucky. No, no, nothing like that. It's just these cash prizes add up quick. So I suggest you sit back, keep your tray table upright, and start getting lucky. Play for free at LuckyLandSlots.com. Are you feeling lucky? No purchase necessary. Void where prohibited by law. 18 plus terms and conditions apply. See website for details. In what may be a shocking poll to each and every one of you, the majority of Americans now believe that Joe Biden is not competent. I know. Calm down. I, I hope you are sitting down for this one because there's more. Another poll found that Kamala Harris was also not competent. This has been a tough day for all of us. Um, I mean, uh, we've been, uh, you know, Ian was crying when he found out. <laughs> I, I wasn't polled, which was the worst part. <laughs> He's competent. <laughs> <laughs> all I wanted for Christmas. Uh, I don't think anybody should be surprised by this polling considering everything that's happening. Um, look, he's not answering questions about Afghanistan. He's muttering and sputtering. He's not giving an- – like he's not doing he's, – he's done a few of these, you know, press uh, 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 events – but there was one instance where I guess he got asked a question and then he went, wait, I thought the question was supposed to, oh, anyway, like the journalist agreed to a question like it was all pre-planned, but then they threw him a curveball and he was like, ah, and everyone's joking like, well, that journalist is never getting invited again. Yeah, because Joe Biden can't handle spontaneous questions. Do you guys remember when he was like, uh, they're going to get mad at me for answering questions. Yeah. So, yeah, we have this to talk about. We have a lot to talk about. Um, the FDA has approved the Pfizer vaccine. There's a lot to talk about there because as much as for a lot of people, they're probably excited to hear there's, you know, they were waiting for FDA approval. It just, it, it means we're going to see a lot more vaccine mandates, which I think absolutely cross the line. And this is where things start getting creepy and weird. And then we got the recall election. Recall Gavin Newsom. And Larry Elder, who has been smeared as the black face of white supremacy because, of course, as you know, we live in a Dave Chappelle sketch. So uh, this should be fun. <laughs> so uh, joining us today is Chris Carr, executive editor for TimCast.com. Yeah, absolutely. It's a thrill to be here. It's super exciting. Um, I, I, love, I love being here. I mean, I don't know what else to say. <laughs> I'm a bit of an oddball. I'm an introvert. I'm a writer. Uh, so I'm going to work on speaking. <laughs> right on. Um, but, uh, but yeah, so prior to that, I was a uh, news reporter in Southern California for the Epoch Times. So I'm used to California shenanigans. I was talking to Sarah Patch earlier. I said I'm a bit desensitized to the insanity coming out of California. But uh, I look forward to talking about that, among other things. Right Thanks on. for having me. Yeah, absolutely. And and for those that are wondering, executive editor means uh, uh, he makes sure the website's working and all the news articles are going up. So we decided, you know, like let, let's let's you know let's let's uh, promote some of what we're doing here, man. We got uh, Chris is great, helping okay. make sure all the news articles are going up on time. If you go to timcast.com, you can check all that stuff out. And we are expanding and building and hiring more journalists. And it's all it's all new. It's all new. So we're we're getting there. But uh, we got we got we got stuff coming. We got Ian. What up? Hey, is it confirmed that it's called Epoch Times and not Epic Times? Both pronunciations are correct. I say Epoch because I'm from Appalachia. So that's, you know, just naturally where my accent goes. Oh, and now you're back. Okay. <laughs> yeah. Welcome exactly. home. Happy to be back. Yeah, right totally. On. Right on. All right. Well, there you go. Good to be here. Thanks, Tim. Yeah, uh, I guess we, uh, we're doing the vlog more and more. Um, yeah. Production's been ramping up, and we just we, we got the music equipment for the new studio, and the latest vlog, Ian jamming out. People are people are. And I can hear it. it when I do when we do a jam night the next day. My voice is like mm. fried. Yeah, yeah. But Stretched. we're 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 trying really hard to get these live events ready to go. So we might just have to just try and duct tape some kind of live event together because we've we been can waiting. do it now. 
Yeah, we'll, have to, we'll, 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 we'll talk about it afterwards because we've been trying to do it for months and we've been jammed up with red tape and lack of duct tape. So maybe we just make it happen. Right. We moved a bunch of instruments into the green room. So we had a bunch in the garage kind of out with the three printer equipment, but it was really a lot of stuff in a little room. So it was hard to jam out there and get really humid. So last night we moved everything down to the studio, the, you know, the green room. And it was really, it's a nice chill spot. So we could have like 20 or 30 people chilling down there right. and listening. That's always been the plan is, is like mix it up, but there's, there's bureaucratic stuff holding us up. So I think we just got to figure it out, but we'll, we will. We got the, uh, we got Lydia pressing all the buttons. I am indeed pressing all the buttons. I'm really excited to be sitting in a room full of all my coworkers. It's going to be a great time. I'm looking forward to what Chris oh. has to say. We're having fun talking before the show. Yes, that's right. Also, so head over to TimCast.com, become a member. We're going to have a members-only segment coming up after the show. Usually, usually it goes up around 11 or so p.m. And you will also get an ad-free experience and support our amazing team of journalists and our expansion to hire more and more journalists. So check that out now. Let's get in. Oh, wait. Smash the like button. Subscribe. Share the show now. Let's get into that story from TimCast.com. Majority of Americans no longer believe that Biden is competent. Do you know, you know, uh, if it wasn't on TimCast.com, I'd almost assume this article was fake news. You know why? It implies that at some point people did believe Joe Biden was competent. Right. <laughs> so now they don't? This is the one thing? Well, you know what it is, is that people live in the media. They, so when the media is saying Biden's great, everyone's like, okay. And now that he's botching Afghanistan and the media is criticizing him, now the people who don't pay attention are all of a sudden shocked to realize, oh, but he's doing bad? And isn't it funny how these polls track with the mainstream media narrative? They say, according to a new poll from CBS, 51% believe that Biden is not a competent commander in chief. Well, 49% believe that he is. I'd like to meet at least one of these 49%. Who are these people that believe, after everything we've seen? The pollsters also found that 52% of likely voters do not feel the president has been focused. I just, I just, who is this 48% that has heard the man speak? And heard the word true and anonymous pressure and decided that that was focused. I know those people. They're, they're my family. They're my friends. Uh, there's tons of people. Oh, yeah. I know. Yeah. I mean, that, that's true. And I don't think you could throttle them into reality. I really don't. Yeah. You know? And that's really sad. And it, it's unfortunate for me because it's cost me friendships. It's, mm-hmm. it's cost me a lot. But I, I, those 49% of people do exist. And I don't think that they're necessarily willing to wake up to what's actually happening. Yeah, it's, 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 it's safe. Yeah. We've got these baby chicks, okay? We the, we've had, we had uh we had I think 14 eggs and we're not good at what we're doing, so most of them didn't make it, but 3 of them oh. did, and they're actually pretty spunky and strong. And they are scared to leave their little brooder box. It's safe. It's warm. Hmm. Now, one of them though is always like peeking out. <laughs> you know, and it wants there's one that that one that's brave. And that's that's what this reminds me of. The two out of the three, they're like scared and they're just like, I don't want to leave. It's warm and safe. Don't make me go. I don't want to go in the real world. And I, I, I look at them and I'm like, they would have voted for Joe Biden. <laughs> it's, it's just easy. It, right. You know, it's, you don't got to think. It's like, you know, we hear from these YouTubers like, you don't even got to think. You just go to the website and it's all done for you. Here's where it gets, here, here's where, uh, well, this is interesting. The CBS poll was conducted as Afghanistan fell to the Taliban and 53% disagreed with the way that the troops were withdrawn. 70% said the removal of troops could have been handled better, along with 55% who said some troops could have stayed, according to Breitbart News. Now, the sad part is, we'll go to to the bottom. There's a couple things here. Rasmussen found that 55% of voters believe Harris is not qualified to assume the duties of the presidency, including 47% who said she is not qualified at all. Wow. (laughs) Jeez. That's harsh. 
But 43% uh, of likely voters believe she is ready to be the president way down from 49 back in April. Mm -hmm. couple interesting things. Civics shows Joe Biden's job approval by state. In almost every single state, Joe Biden is underwater with disapproval. It is California, Connecticut, New Jersey, New York, Hawaii, Oregon, Illinois, Rhode Island, Maryland, Massachusetts, Vermont, and Washington that have a positive view of Joe Biden. Yeah. Hmm. Basically blue states. Of course. Count on it. The craziest thing about all this, I suppose, is it's it's independent voters are driving all of this. Republicans Hmm. hate Biden and Democrats love Biden. And that's not changing. But independent voters are 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 shifting away. Fifty seven percent disapprove of Joe Biden. So I don't know what this means. I mean, maybe we'll get a 25th Amendment. I'm really shaken with his uh, his behavior in the last couple of weeks. It's nice to see the polls like this catching up. I don't know. Did you catch how many people were polled or if it was like a nationwide poll? Uh, well, civics is 91,514 responses, nice. but that's yeah. over a couple of years. Um, I don't know. I can pull up the CBS one, though. I When this Afghanistan thing went down, I don't know if it was intentional and they were like, you're going to make us pull out? Fine. We'll show you what a pull out looks like. Here. Suck it. Or if it was just Biden was so is such a poor military commander. He's the commander in chief of the U.S. armed forces. Mm-hmm. He's such a poor military commander that. He just didn't understand tactics. Like, you leave air support in while you move people out on the ground. It could have been a three-month process moving people out. He had, he had, he had all year. And they rushed he it. He knew. So it's 2,142 adults with a margin of error of, uh, margin of error of plus 2.3%. Mm-hmm. 2,000, that's a, that's a big sample. I, that's a, that's I, a big sample. I got like a pang of fear thinking, what if this stupid Chinese boogeyman, the CCP, but like, if there was some sort of like, coordinated invasion right now with biden at the helm if he really doesn't isn't a good commander and then we have to fight a war we lose because the commander misappropriates the first days are the most you know vulnerable moments in a war you know you know i think this people that were saying that afghanistan has revealed the emperor has no clothes and you know what's crazy to me is this realization because i've actually even though i know joe biden's kind of like you know, not all with it. I still felt like, you know, people say like, oh, who's Biden's handler? Who's really pulling the strings? Oh, it's going to be Kamala. And hmm. you see Afghanistan, it's like, dude, they're they're legit following Biden. And so when Biden mutters, stutters and stammers and falls asleep, they just sit there. Like, I genuinely thought there were people like picking up the slack for Biden. After all this, I it's like people were MIA. Like, where was Kamala? She wasn't speaking. Now you've got this video where she's walking out and the reporter's like, I want to ask you about it. You know, the people. And she's like, <laughs> no. Oh and people are like, why Why is she laughing? <laughs> she laughs at really weird times. She's a weird person. Yeah. Yeah, I don't know, man. I think that Biden did have people picking up the slack for him. And I'm afraid that the people who were doing that for Joe were people like Mark Milley. People who were focused on things like white rage. No. Instead of what it would have been like to pull out properly. Mm-hmm. I think Mark Milley is, is, is an example of the fact that Biden's just sleeping in his, they, they probably walk in the Oval Office and he's like, mm-hmm. and then Mark Milley's like, yes. Ah, I, you know, no one's going to fire me now because Biden's asleep. He can't do it unless he wakes up. Yeah, maybe. Yeah, how do we have these people? Woke generals, chaos. It's the end of the American empire. I forget which commentator I listened to mention this, but you just see Joe Biden. You see him walking away from these press conferences. You see him walking up to the podium. This is not the face of a healthy democracy. Hmm. It just, I mean, it, it, it's, and it's painful to watch. It really is. And I, I feel those pangs that you're talking about when I see him speak. And, and it's, and it's at a certain point, it just, it, it, it's not even funny. You know, I mean, like some people still just kind of want to pile on to him and make fun of him. And it's not funny. It, it feels like 
he is uh, genuinely struggling to put together a sentence, to put together a perspective, and to lead the nation. And How is it only now? I guess I made the point, right? People were following the media. But only now these independent voters are like, hmm, maybe this, you know, 79, 78-year-old, he's going to be 79 soon, 78-year-old guy who can't talk well. There's something wrong with him. That's, that's what I was going to ask you. What do you think it was? It was the straw that broke the camel's back, essentially. It, was it Afghanistan or was it just like this was the final thing, the latest thing that's really just made people kind of see what's happening? This is what's scary about it is that it's whatever CNN tells them. Hmm. Yeah. You know, and, and, and CNN's like, Biden's great. And they're like, okay. And now <laughs> Afghanistan, like CNN wants war. War is good for the, for the bottom line for all these media companies. Now, they're like, oh, he really messed this one up. And now regular people are like, CNN said he messed it up. So he did. There you go. Hmm. The funny thing is he hasn't lost in the civics poll shows. Biden hasn't lost a single percentage point from Democrats since the fall of Kabul till today. Like, I just it's 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 a cult. I wish I could say it surprised me, honestly, but it doesn't. And it is a cult. Yeah. Yeah. I see that. Here's here's the thing about Trump. Trump was giving a speech. And he told everyone to go get the vaccine, and they booed him. Yeah, mm-hmm. and I'm I, I'm laughing like, oh jeez. <laughs> but that doesn't that prove it's not a cult? Yes. But even Trump's most dire supporters are like, no, Trump, you're mm-hmm. wrong. That's that's that to me. That's kind of that says a lot. And I think that shows that uh, Trump is the avatar for that working class anger. Mm-hmm. They, these people are not blindly following Trump. A lot right. of them are. For yeah, sure. a lot of them are. A lot of but but to boo him when he said that, mm-hmm. there's Shit. there's they there's. Based. <laughs> yeah, they they right. they they said no. Trump is not the end all be all, but Biden. People just say go Biden. Sam Harris tweeted something. You got you guys know Sam Harris, mm-hmm. yeah. And he was like, yeah. unlike you know the Trump supporters that blindly just defend Trump, you know I'm gonna criticize Joe Biden. It's like oh you're so brave, you and CNN criticizing Joe Biden. Wow, for once. <laughs> that, that's really unfortunate about Sam Harris. I I really think that he's one of the public intellectuals who got broken in some sense during the lockdown. I think I think something like. It triggered in his brain and, it, and he hasn't recovered in some yeah. sense because used to I would be able to listen to him and I would hear coherent thoughts even when I disagreed but lately he's just been on some sort of bandwagon that doesn't even follow up with a lot of the stuff he used to claim what happened to people hmm. I know I know yeah I got a story about that actually and this is it really hit home with me because like my best friend of 15 years we've, we've been best friends for a really long time and uh, I sent him a text message and I was like uh, did you see the key to NYC Situation. The vaccine pass. Yeah. And, well, he's, he's a Chicago guy. You know, a blue pill all the way, Lori Lightfoot supporter, you know, still, still, still. Um, and, uh, he, so I, I, I told him about the key to NYC program. I was like, you saw this, right? And he's like, yeah, yeah, it's, it's fucking great. Oh, sorry, sorry. <laughs> he, right. That's what he said. He said, this is, this is effing great. And I was just like, this is fascism. He said, I, I don't care if it is. I love it. This is exactly what needs to happen. There need, these mandates need to be in a place and people need to follow in line or not. And I said, I didn't realize that you were a fascist. I hadn't, re- I hadn't realized you became <laughs> radicalized. Yeah. And he said, Chris, we're going to have to disagree on this. And I said, no, 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 we're not disagreeing. You're disagreeing with the definition of fascism. Yeah. And he goes, do you want to still be friends or are you going to let this go? It's a simple question. I got its answer. I mean, but but it's not just... Did you screw off? I don't know. I, I haven't heard from him since, and I didn't wow. message him back. Actually, I did message him. I said, that sounds exactly like something a fascist would say. <laughs> <laughs> there you go. But, but, but it's, it, it, these kind of derangement fits happen on, on personal levels, and they also happen in these kind of national displays, like on Twitter. And I, and I see more and more of that, and it's really disturbing to me. I, I love this reference I used to the Galaxy Quest one. You guys have seen Galaxy Quest? 
Yeah. Oh, yeah. yeah. Tim, Tim Allen. Yeah. Totally. I, Tony Shalhoub's character is just like laughing. They're 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 TV actors on a spaceship. They're gonna die, and he's just like, I guess we're gonna die. Whatever. He's laughing. That's kind of how I feel about everything. You know, not not to like downplay it, but people often say like, how did you know Nazi Germany get to the point? To, to violate Godwin's law outright. How, how did how did Nazi Germany get to that point? It's like <laughs> you're sitting here right now. Like New York is mandating identification and and, and uh, uh, proof of vaccination to enter a restaurant. It's like I, I get it. If you want to, if you're concerned about your health and there's a medication, it's FDA approved. Taking congratulations, you can go to doctor and you can figure it out for yourself. But for the city to be like fire all of your disabled employees. Like, uh, mm. <laughs> we've, we've certainly crossed the line here. Yeah. And what's funny is I taught you, you, you saw, you mentioned about your friend. They're cheering for it. Yeah. They're, they they're, it. they're, they're, they love it. Mm-hmm. that crazy? They like, feel what, like their tribe is winning. It, right? I mean, isn't, isn't there some sort of like very basic tribal element to this? Yeah. Yeah, man. But what, know. but, but there's no, I guess these people don't understand that they're not, they're not in the, the, the actual tribe of elitism. Mm. The, mm-hmm. Those that run the systems and are locking everything down will throw them into the gutter at a moment's notice. But so they're just standing there gloating, saying, ha ha, I'm on the winning team. And I'm like, I don't care who's, I, leave me alone. Yeah. You, you can go, like, I, I feel like I'm watching a hockey game and they're like just playing really aggressive and I'm not playing the game and I'm like, just get, get away from me. And they're trying to throw me into the rink to play. And I'm like, no. Hmm. They just and, and and now they're throwing stuff at the stands, and I'm like, why are you throwing stuff at me? Like I got nothing to do with your game. Dude. Would you fight mm-hmm. to protect people that hated you? That's a good question. Hmm. I guess there's a lot of uh, nuance in that question, though. I don't know how to answer it. Like if you're destined to be a villain, even if you protect the people. Hmm. If there was like some, if there was like an Antifa guy, and he was like yelling and cussing at me, and then like. <clears throat> You know, he was like walking away, and a car was speeding at him full speed. I'd probably try and save him. Yeah, mm-hmm. you know, that's the GI mm-hmm. Joe in you. Well, it's just yeah. like the dude. You're allowed to hate me, man. You know, like if, if the guy's not being violent toward, if he was violent towards me, I'd probably run away. I'd probably be like, nah, I'm not going to get anywhere near this guy. Well, it's not a good idea. But if there was like someone who was like, I hate you, you're dumb, and then I saw a car coming, I'd be like, look out, and I'd try and save him. So there's a difference between being violent towards you and hating you. I suppose that's where there's some nuance there. Yeah, if they're like throwing rocks at me, I'd just be like, no, nah, I'm not going anywhere near that guy. You know, what about you, Ian? Uh, based on your question, what yeah, would you do? Yeah, I would. You it's would? pretty thankless. Mm. Mm. Also, I wonder, like, if you're preserving, like, low intelligence humans that just eat and reproduce and eat and reproduce them and starve out the system, if you're actually doing a disservice to the species. Mm. I don't well, know. It's, it's weird. Dangerous questions. Right. It's <laughs> yeah. very ethical and, like, um, yeah. what's the genetic, what's that? Gen, um, Epi- uh, eugenic? Yeah, eugenics. eugenic. Yeah, it's very eugenic eugenics. way to look at, like, should they live or should they die? But I mean, that's basically what governments do. And you know, I'll tell you this for a fact that these, these, uh, powerful interests have asked themselves these questions. No, no, no doubt about it. Cause, uh, uh, when, when we had Alex Jones here, I asked him that question on the show. What if the, 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 all of this stuff about the end, you know, the end and overpopulation is true and we as humans are just yeast in a bottle consuming all the resources and farting ourselves to death and, mm. He said, you know, Alex said, he, he's like, I ask myself that question all the time, but how do you answer it? It's, 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 it's a legitimate question. The problem is, you know, I, I can't remember exactly what he said, but he was like, you know, it's, you got to defend freedom and, and liberty. We, no individual person is going to be smart enough to steer the ship properly. And we can rely on human nature, which has always found solutions through ingenuity and invention. 
or we can just hand it off some despot authoritarian who we know through history has always oppressed, murdered, and punished. It's tough, man. It, you know, because we, we're at, what, like 8 billion people? There is like insect populations declining. There's dead zones in the ocean. And the point you brought up is actually brought up by a lot of people. There's a, a, a lot of conspiracy theory people write about how the elites view humans as useless eaters. Mm. They don't contribute anything. They don't do anything. They just consume, make waste, and reproduce. And so there's some very difficult questions in that. How many people do you know, and, and everyone probably does, who do nothing? Literally nothing. Or they work a job that's just like yeah. not Borderline beneficial. vestigial. Yeah, like insurance. Well, people made up a good point about insurance brokers for like big corporations when you have specialty contracts that I understand. But there are probably a lot of jobs that uh, uh, don't do anything for the system mm. at all. Probably tons of them that are just like, well, someone's got to have a job, I guess. Right. Banking. Banking's weird. That's a weird. Maybe maybe we're, we're advancing to the point where we can say that. I think banking makes sense. I think central banking has corrupted the whole process. That's a different thing. Yeah. The profit motive of banking is pretty weird. Yeah. I understand not wanting to get screwed on your loan, so you charge you know a little bit of interest, but to try and get rich off of extracting that. value from mm -hmm. from the system without contributing anything to that system, right? So I always complain about people who you know, or I should say, I complain about how the the government's printing a lot of money, giving it to people, so they're able to buy stuff, take food and resources from the system without putting anything in, and that creates an, a trade imbalance, which a, a production imbalance, which eventually causes collapse. And uh, but we see that with a lot of people in financial jobs, they they make bets, they extract from the system, they don't do anything but that's 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 that's, that's, that's i want to i want to stay on what you what you asked ian because that's let's let's uh let's just take a few minutes and get philosophical real quick before we jump over to the california stuff mm. what do you do if that's true ian what do you do if you have seven billion people who don't contribute anything they eat and they pollute and they destroy Jeez, dude you have to build a system that allows for that behavior without so that solves the problem with taking into account the the, the 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 unchangeable human problem, which is that we're wild animal consumers, destructors. Uh, so you build a system where it's okay to be destructive and and consumers. Like you need massive expansion capability. You need unlimited access or relatively unlimited access to resources like food. Is it possible? Yeah, it just takes a lot of like re redesigning of the system. Like we need fusion power, we need magnetic transportation, we need to be able to zing See, from place to mm, place. That's what I'm talking about. That. If you look at history, the crises we've always faced have been solved by technology. Mm. And the authoritarians who are always screaming at the problems have always just mass murdered people. So if I'm going to sit here and be like, what should we do? I'd be like, invent stuff, you know, yeah. engineering, uh, uh, scientific research and development, not handing over the reins of government to crackpot despots, people like in the Democratic Party and the neocons, formerly of the Republican Party, because they'll just burn it down it's faster and easier i guess and if you mm. come out independently and say i want to burn it down then the system seeks you out as as like a danger and will incarcerate or destroy you i've found too so there's either you join them and then give up and that's you lose or you try and you just give up on your own and then you lose because you look like you're messing with their version of of how to destroy the situation or how to you know mm. you can't be you can't be the famous one doing it they, that's too dangerous for the power structure so they'll I think the the only the only way is to is to help the people is to give them a chance. Yeah, know? I think we got to rely on development. 
you're talking about helping people, like people that are in need. Like people that are, can't help themselves, like that that aren't critical thinkers, that are draining on the system, having seven seven kids. It's kind of like just a fictitious idea of people in my head. I don't know. No, 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 it's not fictitious at all. No, but I don't, yeah. I don't think the seven kids is the issue. I mm. think it's that I know tons of people who sit around doing literally nothing. Like they go out, they eat, they party, and they go home, and they don't do anything, and their jobs are like menial. And mm. and I have no issue with their life choices and the life they live and what they choose to live because I'm not going to sit here and decide what is or isn't more important in anyone's life, right? Like, oh, you relaxing and, and doing garbage work is, well, that's how they choose to live their life. But certainly there's a mathematical equation that at a certain point you're like, we have 50 billion people on the planet's about to implode or something like that. You know what I mean? Or maybe it's not. Maybe it's not true. Maybe we'll never get to that point. We maybe it's just tunnels. Maybe, but maybe it's just fear mongering so that people give up control to lazy people who don't want to work. I look at these, you know, you know what I see when I see like these ultra wealthy people? Laziness. Now I know it sounds, it sounds contra- contradictory, right? And it's, it's often like a leftist trope. But the reason why a lot of the powerful elites, I'm not saying every single one, want power is they don't want to do anything. It's like, because there's no point at which you have money that you can just stop and relax. Never. It never happens. And so there are people who are like, how can I just get to that point where me and my friends don't have to do anything anymore? Authoritarianism. Hmm. Slaves. Mm. Yeah, just if you have supreme power over people, then you truly can relax and not have to work. I don't think that you can ever actually really relax and not have to work, though. I mean, you might have that perception. You might think that's possible. But ultimately, you're going to find that you have a purposeless life. And once once you sense that, either consciously or unconsciously, you're going to start to act out. And probably lash out at people around you. But what right? about, there's so many, I guess, actually, yeah, I guess you're right. Yeah. Probably, maybe, maybe the issue is this. There's a lot of people with purposeless lives. And we've talked about this before. Mm-hmm. And that's why you're seeing the rise of wokeness. Right. People in power with purposeless lives. Yes. That's mm. Yeah. Well, I mean, this goes back to an anecdote from Jordan Peterson when he was working with somebody in his clinical practice. And they, he was just like, well, what do you want to do with your life? He's like, well, I just want to relax on the beach and, you know, drink margaritas all day. And he was just like, that's not a plan. That's not even a poster, you know? <laughs> I mean, like, I mean, it, it sounds so great in theory, but in practice, it does not work out, not just for the person themselves, but for the people that surround them, you know, their family, their friends, their acquaintances, you know, it spins out of control at some point. This is the, this is the craziest thing about the anti-work subreddit. Have you guys ever seen this? No. no. R slash anti-work. <laughs> what? What? It's crazy how they view work. It's like, do you just want to melt into a chair and cease to exist? Work is life. And I don't mean, I don't mean like working at McDonald's. I mean like your goals, your passion, your mission. It's all you doing work. People don't understand this. There's no distinction between, uh, in the long run, work and hobby or leisure. Like, if you wake up every day and you work really hard on skateboarding, that work can pay off. You are there. It, it's just mind blowing to me that people are like, I don't want to work. So what are you going to do all day? Eat food. What? You could be a competitive eater. Congratulations. Like, I don't understand. Like what you're doing is work. Mm. Yeah. Yeah. Work. Hey guys, it is Ryan. I'm not sure if you know this about me, but I'm a bit of a fun fanatic when I can. I like to work, but I like fun too. It's a thing. And now the truth is out there. I can tell you about my favorite place to have fun. Chumba Casino. They have hundreds of social casino style games to choose from with new games released each week. You can play for free anytime, anywhere. And each day brings a new chance to collect daily bonuses. So join me in the fun. Sign up now at ChumbaCasino.com. No purchase necessary. VTW. Void. We're prohibited by law. See terms and conditions. 18 plus. With Lucky Land slots, you can get lucky just about anywhere. Dearly beloved, we are gathered here today to... Has anyone seen the bride and groom? Sorry. Sorry. 
sorry, we're here. We were getting lucky in the limo and we lost track of time. No, Lucky Land Casino, with cash prizes that add up quicker than a guest registry. In that case, I pronounce you lucky. Play for free at LuckyLandSlots.com. Daily bonuses are waiting. No purchase necessary. Void were prohibited by law. 18 plus. Terms and conditions apply. See website for details. Work is a scientific, I'm looking up the actual scientific definition of it right now, but I believe it's just the uh, the transition of energy into power, uh, the production of power through, what is it, in joules? You can measure work in joules, I believe. What, what so, I mean like, is, what I'm saying is this is work. I'm, I'm producing work to move this back and forth. The question is, do you enjoy the work you're doing? You can sit still and you're still working. So, do you, if you don't, if you like what you're doing, it doesn't feel exhausting. Work doesn't have to be negative and exhausting. It can be super fun. Mm-hmm. That's the key. I um, think you're always going to be working on something, even I, if it's just sitting there trying to stay sane. I think we've got a bunch of elites who, who basically believe what you just said to start off this little bit. That there's a lot of people who just eat and don't do anything, and they're a problem. And so they're like, let's just strip the system and they're not, down. They're not creative enough to be like, how do we fix this? How do we solve for this problem? They're just like, eradicate the problem. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Mm-hmm. That's fucking dangerous, man. Yeah. yeah. Mm-hmm. I will say the remote work now from the lockdowns is a good thing. You know why? Yeah. Parents are going to be with their kids. Mm-hmm. Yes. Oh, that, I love it. Before, it was like, yeah. you know, your kids are being raised by the state. That's a problem. Now with remote work, we saw that there's a bunch of funny videos that have emerged. Like there was that, that guy who was appearing on a news program and his mm-hmm. kid walks in and he's like, ah, oh, it's my kid. And then yeah. what happened to a woman too? And I'm like, that's good. They're seeing the cameras. The kids are going to learn. They're going to understand the work. Their parents right there with them. I think that's going to have a profoundly positive impact. We, um, in 2010, 11, I started working on Minds, uh, co-founded Minds with Bill and we didn't have an office. We would just work from home and it was the best. It was for me, it was, a, I worked in the restaurant industry for a decade or whatever, 15 mm-hmm. years. So Bill was like, I want to get an office. I want to just do like the, the official stereotypical, like, let's start a tech company. Let's get an office. We'll have it. And I'm like, dude, it just, it sucks mm-hmm. you, to the commute blows. So he, we did, we got an office. It sucked and the commuting <laughs> sucked. It cost me like a, 50 bucks a day to, in commuting time sometimes. Yeah. Um, yeah, it drains your time and then your energy. We got rid of it. No more office. It does, you don't need an office, especially yeah. a social network doesn't need an office right now. We get to do Slack meetings. You're literally a social network. I think you have the internal technology to communicate with it's each other. Incredible. You just so, yeah. do not need an office. You're almost mm-hmm. incentivized not to mm-hmm. to cut so yeah. much cost. Is it sustainable though? Like what what kind of economy are we going to have left the, in, if if all of our manufacturing goes to China mm-hmm. and then all Americans do is run blogs? Right, because if the power goes out and everyone's in their house in different parts of the country, the workday is over. Mm-hmm. Like, I don't know what the backup for that is. If you're in an office, at least you can keep working because you're in the room together. I guess your cell phone still works. Yeah. You might be able to pull it off with solar panels. Well, if your phone's charged, you can still talk to people. But I, I, the question I'm saying is we don't make stuff anymore. Mm. If people are working remote, the service economy is going to get hit. Mass, that's going to be massive. Like, if, if we're working remotely, we don't need to go to local cafes anymore. So everybody goes to one office building, and then for lunch, they all go down to the little restaurants down, the, you know, downstairs. But if we're all working remote, you're eating at home. So this is actually one of the contributors to the food shortages that we've been seeing is that with the lockdowns and people not working, they were cooking more. So they were buying base ingredients from supermarkets, and the shelves were depleted. And so then there was a big surge in orders, but people also weren't working anymore, so that means nobody was making the stuff. But anyway, so it's a, it's a big contributing factor when people aren't leaving. So all these restaurants, one by one, are, are going to start falling. I think we're on. The, I think people don't realize that it's it's falling apart to the extent that it is. I think like these regular people who for some reason think Biden's com- competent, 
man, they're holding on. And it's, it's you know what? I'm confident they're going to have a long fall. But that's uh, that's not my problem. Well, it might be because we're we're all in this together, hmm. right? It's not just him that's going to be doing the fall. He's yeah. the commander you know? of the strongest military Earth has ever seen that we know yeah. of, and mm-hmm. he's like flubbing his words, mixing up North and South. Korea doesn't, and Libya and Syria, dude. It's it's I don't know. I've never been in a war, but sometimes I put my head in in the in the my mind in the place of someone that isn't being invaded, like a farmer, and. Once it happens, it's it's done. Everything is changed in a moment, and it doesn't. There's no warning. Like, mm-hmm. I mean, you might get a warning, but back mm-hmm. in the day, they didn't get a warning. People just ride up, and then they're there. Like, when the power goes out, then you'll start to wonder, like, oh yeah, did I? I should have called my mom two days ago, or all the things you should have done. Should have voted for Trump. <laughs> <laughs> should have got that extra bottle of water. Should have bought that ammo. Should have. Should have. Should have. And it's like, dude. Yeah, yeah, yeah. That's big news too. That Biden apparently banned imports of Russian ammo. Why? Yikes. Mm-hmm. This Sanctions. is economic. What the heck? And you know, it was funny because we got a bunch of super chats from people, and they were like, "Get ammo now!" Biden just banned Russian imports. And I look at my phone, and it's Luke, and he's like, "Get ammo now!" <laughs> <laughs> I'm like, "Luke, when you get here?" Yeah, yeah. Let's Bring talk about ammo. what's going on in California, though. This is Ugh, funny. Yeah. Ladies and gentlemen, I give you our, our, our um, what's um, okay. Who was the the guy who wrote the story about uh, the clown comes out from behind the stage and tries to warn the audience there's a fire? Some philosopher. I don't know. Mm. Kier- yeah. Kierkegaard. New st- oh, okay. Yeah, yeah, yeah. So here's here's the story. First, Larry Elder brushes off L.A. Times column that called him the black face of white supremacy. Okay, okay. Uh, Clayton Bigsby, the Dave Chappelle sketch is not real. These people are insane. But this is a really good example of the, the, the Kierkegaard story. I think it's Kierkegaard. Of the, 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 the clown. He comes out from backstage where a fire, a fire has broken out. And he starts frantically waving to the audience. There's a fire in the back. Everyone get out. And they all start laughing. Laughing with joy. And he, the clown gets frustrated and tries desperately to tell them. But the more energetic he gets to warn about the fire that's actually burning on the theater, the more they laugh. And then he says, Kierkegaard says, I, I imagine that's, you know, how the world will end. You know, that... People, you know, what, what, I forgot exactly what he said, but the people are going to be laughing, not realizing what's going mm-hmm. on around them. When, 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 okay, look, Larry Elder might win this one, and I think that would be amazing. He's a libertarian guy. He's he's smart fella, and they're pulling out every stop imaginable to try and block Larry Elder from winning in California. Now, here's what you need to understand: Gavin Newsom will get recalled if people vote to recall. If they don't vote for my, here's my, I could be wrong about this, but my understanding is if you walk in and say recall and walk out, he gets recalled. You don't need necessarily to vote for someone to you replace don't. him. Yeah. That's yeah, exactly just, right. Yeah. Get rid of him. Mm-hmm. Well, you lived under, uh, under Newsom, right? Yeah, I did. How was yeah. that? I mean, we, I kind of lived in a renegade county. Orange County isn't, mm-hmm. isn't quite like LA or San Diego. It's certainly not like San Francisco. So. Uh, Orange County has a long history of uh, fighting back against um, sort of big metropolises like L.A. I mean, Orange County used to be a part of L.A., and then there was a big right. fight, and then they broke off, and wow. they were just like, we don't, we don't want to have what you guys are doing in L.A. So um, I had that benefit. So, but at the same time, I mean, yeah, the lockdown was crazy. I mean, it was, it was total and it was complete and everybody had to wear a mask. I mean, I'll never forget the first time I, I encountered one of my friends on the sidewalk and she goes, the CDC said we can take our masks off. It was the first time I'd seen her without a mask on. Wow. Such a sweet lady. But, you know, I mean, I was just like, really? You need the CDC to tell you that outside on, when, when there's, you know, it's 72 degrees every day and you can enjoy, you know, uh, the air and everything. So, I mean, but yeah, that's the mentality out there. But based on you living under him, you think recall, yeah? 
I talked to some political strategists that have uh, that, that not only have been working California politics for decades, but they are actually actively working with some of the people that are hoping to replace Newsom as governor. Republicans? My, uh, oh yeah, yeah, Republicans. Uh, yeah, uh, yeah, pretty much all of them. Um, and uh, they this was probably four months ago, and they said, "Make do not misunderstand this. Gavin Newsom will not lose." He will not be recalled. He will not be replaced, period. There's just, they, but this is back when there was just a bunch of like, you know, kind of half recognizable clown names. You know, they were throwing their hat. There was one guy that was going around California with a bear. Oh, you yeah, remember this? Remember. No. Oh yeah. He, he would, he did like a couple uh, speeches with a, with a bear, but the bear wasn't even a California bear. So that was really <laughs> embarrassing. Um, uh, so that was the worst of it. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. And the bear was like, Wrong you know, kind of bear. The, the bear was like, you know, licking, licking itself while he was trying to give a speech. It was, it was, you know, <laughs> that's great. I'd love so, to see so when that. you saw, when you see stuff like that, you're just like, okay. I mean, it, but the political strategists that I talked to would say things like, no, no, you have to understand that Gavin Newsom, and they spoke off the record, of course. They didn't want me to print what they said. They said, Newsom is such a ruthless, conniving politician mm-hmm. that he, he, is, he is absolutely not going to let anybody take over for him as governor. Larry Elder's changing that. And you can see that he's changing that by the, by the total derangement that you're seeing on the LA Times. I mean, I saw a collage the other day. It was like, it was like six titles. They're just like flinging every piece of pasta that they possibly can at the wall to see what sticks on this guy. And it's not working because Larry Elder makes sense. He's a sane guy. I know, but, but like, who in their right mind would call a black man the face of white supremacy? (laughs) I don't know. Well, what is wrong with these people? I don't know. This is the world we live in. They're sick. Sometimes I feel like the clown running out on the stage and going, ah! <laughs> and everyone's just laughing. Like, ah, and I'm like, ah. Yeah. Yeah. I uh, wonder about that because I, I, I try and have like levity in my life and, and be kind of a jokester and not take things too seriously. But I wonder if, if a result of that is that people aren't going to take me seriously when I'm screaming about the fall, the danger that we're looking at. I don't know. With the Lucky Land Slots, you can get lucky just about anywhere. This is your captain speaking. Uh, we've got clear runway and the weather's fine, but we're just going to circle up here a while and uh, get lucky. No, no, nothing like that. It's just these cash prizes add up quick. So I suggest you sit back, keep your tray table upright, and start getting lucky. Play for free at LuckyLandSlots.com. Are you feeling lucky? No purchase necessary. Void where prohibited by law. 18 plus terms and conditions apply. See website for details. This podcast is sponsored by Ramp. Are you the decision maker in your company? Consider this. For the first time in decades, there's a better option for a corporate card and spend management platform. Meet Ramp, the only corporate card and spend management system designed to help you spend less money so you can make more. Most corporate credit cards offer points as incentives, but those points amount to less than their worth in real cash value. Ramp's business cards offer you cash back, real money in your pocket. Plus, you control who spends what with each vendor. And Ramp software collects and verifies receipts automatically, which means you'll stop wasteful spending and close your books in hours instead of days. Businesses that use Ramp add up to 5% to their bottom line the first year. If you're a decision maker, adding Ramp could be one of the best decisions you've ever made. And now get $250 when you join Ramp for free. Just go to ramp.com slash easy. Ramp.com slash easy. R-A-M-P dot com slash easy. Cards issued by Sutton Bank and Celtic Bank members of DIC. Terms and conditions apply. Let me, let me, let me, let me read a little bit. uh, Read a little bit of this. They say, uh, (laughs) the LA Times published a column on Friday titled, Larry Elder is the black face of white supremacy. You've been warned. Oh, have I? Which accuses the Republican of using overly simplistic arguments that whitewash the complex problems that come along with being black in America. L.A. Times columnist Erica D. Smith said, 
Elder uses taunting and toddler-like name-calling of his ideological enemies before belittling the gubernatorial (laughs) candidate with her own insults. Uh Quote, I've learned that it's often best just to ignore people like Elder. People who are, as my dad used to say, skinfolk but not kinfolk, she wrote before attempting to insult Elder as a Trump fanboy, dangerous, a troll, and implied he doesn't understand critical race theory. His candidacy feels personal, like an insult to blackness, the Times columnist wrote. Fox News host Sean Hannity called the column disgusting and invited Elder to respond to it directly. Quote, I am genuinely friend to friend. Sorry that you have to go through something as evil, horrific and racist as that, Hannity said. However, Elder, who leads the pack of Republican candidates looking to replace California Gavin, uh, Governor Gavin Newsom, wasn't surprised. Quote, I anticipated that would happen. This is why a lot of people don't go into politics because of the politics of personal destruction. This is not the first time the LA Times has attacked me. There is another writer who all but called me a black David Duke. Elder continued, wow, they are scared to death. <laughs> that is definitely true. Look at this. Libs of TikTok. Hold oh, this up. This is great. Let's pull this up. <laughs> I love them. They're terrified of Larry Elder. All of these. Uh, oh, come on. Are you going to you're yeah, give me the business? I can't it. pull up the photo anymore. I don't, I don't think changed. it's going to let me. Okay, well, we can read some of it. Larry Elder, the black face of white supremacy. Larry Elder talks a lot. Too bad you can't believe anything he says. Oh. Larry Elder bashes the media, offers no solutions. Remind you of an ex-president? Oh, no. wow. <laughs> I see. How many people in California are like, ooh, that's good. I, you know, I do like Trump. <laughs> what is this? Oh, yes. Yeah. State officials open investigation into whether Larry Elder failed to disclose income mm. sources. Convenient. Jeez. If Larry Elder is elected, life will get harder for black and Latino Californians. Amazing. That's, that's my other favorite one right there. That's a good one. Yeah. <laughs> They're really scared of this guy. He's leading yeah. the pack. Yeah, he is. And it, this was not supposed to happen. That's what's so funny is that, like, it was just guaranteed that this recall effort won't work. They are branding it so hard as right-wing Republican. It's a right-wing recall. Vote no on the Republican recall. I mean, they are so desperate to brand it that way, and people just still aren't having it. I know Democrats in California that died in the wool Democrats, voted for Biden. They'd vote for him again. They said, I'm still voting yes on a recall. Really? I don't care. Oh, yeah. Wow. Do you think the recall is going to go through? I do. Really? I do. It's neck and neck, though, isn't I, it? I really want to be white-pilled on this. I really right, do. Right. <laughs> I mean, I, 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 it's going to happen. Yeah. Got to believe. Well, Are you going to say you, something? So, yeah. Did you see the interview that Gavin Newsom gave where he was, like, maniacal? He uh, looked like, um, what's his name, Bateman? When, from yeah, yeah, when Minnesota? he was mayor of San Francisco. Yeah. Yeah, that was great. The reporter keeps trying to ask him, like, logical questions about all the problems that he's caused. And he just, he's he's cackling. And he, he's, he cuts off the first uh, question from the reporter, I believe. And he just, like, starts naming, like, numbers and stuff. Total Patrick Bateman. Yeah, yes. yeah. yeah. Crazy person. American Psycho. He, he owns it. He owns yeah. the American Psycho thing. Yeah. <laughs> yeah, he does. Yeah. Well, you know, when I saw him defying his own COVID mandates, I was like, despot, get him out. Yeah. yeah. So I've I've seen the polling, but it's I I, I got to say, I guess it's not entirely surprising that some Democrats, Democrats are like, get rid of the guy. Now, here's where it gets really funny. From Newsweek. Well, it's from Newsweek, but it's quoting 538. Nate Silver calls Democratic strategy to leave Newsom recall candidate line blank self-destructive. If Newsom gets recalled, the Democrats have offered up no one. Is that is that wow. what's going on? Mm-hmm. So the only option you have as a Republican so Larry Elder's going to win? Wow. I hadn't even thought about that scenario. That's crazy. Well, so here's what they say. 538 founder Nate Silver said Monday, the strategy California Democrats are pursuing heading into next month's gubernatorial recall election is self-destructive as sitting Governor Gavin Newsom faces the possibility that he could be voted out of office. 
The Democratic Party is encouraging Californians to vote against removing Newsom from office, but to refrain from selecting amongst the 46 replacement candidates who appear on the recall ballot. Okay, so is, are there, there gotta be some Democrats. Newsom's campaign has made similar recommendations in recent weeks. On Monday, Silver responded to a tweet posted by a political reporter who suggested the strategy was self-interested. It's self-destructive more than self-interested. Pretty, uh, pretty decent chance Newsom gets recalled. Democrats could potentially keep the seat if they urged their voters to consolidate behind an alternative Democrat, but instead they're telling them not to vote on the replacement. <laughs> Dude, Larry Elder wow. for governor is going to be so amazing. That would be amazing. I want to see that in California. Yeah, yeah. you know, because you, you've heard like what he's going to do when he keeps saying when he becomes governor is that he's just going to issue all these executive orders to like just basically cancel out a lot of these Democrat policies that have gone through through these super majorities unchecked that have basically bankrupted the whole state cost so much homelessness uh people can't afford to live you know i mean yeah. and he's just going to put a stop to all those policies in day one according to him you know but we'll see i think he'd do it he would do it i don't know how effective it would be yeah that's the that's that's the big risk right when right. when trump got into office he made the mistake of thinking he could he could pull the trigger and then we see clearly he was obstructed every you know across the board so there's a lot of work to be done the the the, the tendrils of the corruption run deep and you, you, we have a uh, we have a, um, a medium sized animal trap for next to our chicken coop because we you know we have a fox that lurks around and we don't want him to get in the chickens right so we set this trap up well over time the the uh, grass and everything grew up into it and now now I've locked it in place it grew all around it and now you just like rip it out hmm. you see that's what happens with the, these 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 super majorities. This is what happens in D.C. The swamp grows deep. The roots get in there thick, and then it's really hard to pull it out. So Larry Elder could get in, but, you know, is he going to be able to effectively weed? Another metaphor is like if you get black mold toxicity, if you breathe it in, what happens is the mold goes into your system, and then it diffuses evenly throughout your entire system. So you just have small particles of mold in your entire system. It's really hard to clean out, similar of how politics can corrupt and influence the society. It's not just something we can pull out. It's permeated the entire system and needs to be purged slowly with I, the right medicine. I want to make sure I understand that. So you're, are you calling Larry Elder the black mold of white supremacy? Yes, the black mold <laughs> of white supremacy. That's okay, what. all right. I, okay, got it, got it. That's no, you're saying the corruption <laughs> is infecting your body and you yes, can't get it, it out. It, the corruption is the black mold of white supremacy. That's, that's, that, that, that is good, too, because like if it spreads around your house— you could scrub the room where you see it, but not realize there's tiny particles already moved somewhere else that grow again, and it's like really yeah. weeding it out. Mm-hmm. My friends, I have a white white white, white pill means like optimism. Yes. Uh, yeah, yeah. Optimism, despite uh, all indications that your optimism is crazy. Yeah. That's how I understand. That's how I Gandalf fighting the what was that that demon that he fought on the Balrog. bridge? The Balrog. Yeah. yeah. He took the white pill. I think that's mm-hmm. why he came back as the oh. white wizard. I wonder if that's where the reference stems from. <sighs> Interesting. No, no probably not. It's no. just because, like, dark and light. Yeah, makes sense. You know, which is funny because it goes back to um, just night and day. The, the, during the day, it's warm. You're safe. You can see. At night, it's dark, and the predators are lurking. You can't see them. So humans associated the two. Anyway, anyway. <laughs> I have good news for you. Uh, I think that it is likely we will see Gavin Newsom uh, be recalled. And when that happens, Larry Elder is likely to win. And I have uh, one bit of evidence to back that claim. Now, <laughs> this is definitive proof. You need only see, I'm building up suspense here. Once you see what I'm about to show you, <laughs> everyone's probably sitting there saying, there's like, I, I don't believe it. There's, no, no, no. You, you, once you see this, you're going to bet he, he won. Larry Elder won. <laughs> 
All right, you guys ready? Yes. Yeah. We have this tweet from Jean Guerrero. Uh, she is a columnist for the LA Times. She said, get ready for this one. Democratic outreach to Latino voters on the California recall election is not working. Uh-oh. I've been speaking to young Latinxes, and almost none of them have any idea what's going on. This is really, really bad. Almost none of the ones I've spoken to have any idea what's going on. Um, okay, so let me let me break down for you why I think this is good news. If this lady from the LA Times goes to a young Latino person and calls them a Latinx, they're going to be like, this lady's crazy. <laughs> they probably have no idea what she's talking about. Um, we got we got some new uh, staffers here at the house, and you know they don't know who AOC is. They don't know who Brett Kavanaugh is, and I'm like, those are good things. Perfect. You know, I'm not trying to tell you who they are. We were just talking about you know the state of politics, and they're like, we don't we don't know. I'm like, great, great, do your job. Everything's great. You don't got to worry about these people. Regular people don't know what Latinx is, and so this shows you something powerful. The Democratic establishment is absolutely psychotic. There are people in the LA Times going like, the Latinxes aren't voting for us. And the people are like, I don't know what that is. So if they're going to start making phone calls, I'm looking for to speak with the, are you Latinx? Uh, Latinx? Is it Latinx? Latinx. That's just Latinx the hardcore in me. I don't know. But you know, like because the S at the end, like Latinx. Oh, it's Latinx S. Yeah. There's an S at the end. There's an S at the end. Latinxes? Latinxes? Latinxes. It can't be Latinxes, but it sounds funny. It's not. (laughs) Imagine someone, you know, calling you. For all the people who are out there, like, who are, I'm sure the people who watch this show, they've heard these words before. But imagine your mom or your grandma, like, they're Latino and they get a call and like, hi, are you a Latinx? Latinx? (laughs) They're going to be like, what is that? That means it's a genderless Latin, someone of Latin. It's it's so insane. How would you do that in French? Oh, they haven't got that far yet. They don't have to worry about the French voters. Just wait. Just wait. The French voters. Well, uh, yeah, there's northern Maine. Okay. The northernmost point of Maine is French. French-American. Then you've got the Nolans. How are no, you going to get how – you, how do you de-gender French? No idea. You could say le, L-E-A, le. Lix. So it's like a you cross can't. between la and le. No, it's just lix. L-X. L-X. Le. The X is silent, so it's le. Yeah. <laughs> The, wait, the L is silent? The, the X will be soft. So it'll be like, Lugh. <laughs> we are all, silly people. All the romance languages are gendered. Right. Are, they're all yeah. gendered, right? Yeah. yeah. Italian, yeah, yeah. Spanish and, yeah. and French for sure. Portuguese? German? Is German? That's German. That's not a language, German, but yeah. yeah these but, people did not think this it. through. They didn't think this through I'm at just, all. But, this, mean, but think about this. This means that the democratic establishment is isolated in this bubble where regular people are not. And although regular people, you know, default liberals will vote Democrat, they're not looking at this the same way the establishment is. With the Lucky Land Slots, you can get lucky just about anywhere. This is your captain speaking. Uh, we've got clear runway and the weather's fine, but we're just going to circle up here a while and uh, get lucky. No, no, nothing like that. It's just these cash prizes add up quick. So I suggest you sit back, keep your tray table upright, and start getting lucky. Play for free at LuckyLandslots.com. Are you feeling lucky? No purchase necessary. Void where prohibited by law. 18 plus terms and conditions apply. See website for details. So when the LA Times comes out and screams, Larry Elder is the black face of white supremacy, regular people go, who? 
Mm-hmm. I'm still saying that. Tell me about this guy. I, I, hopefully, I'll meet him soon or get to talk to him. Larry Elder? Yeah. Yeah, yeah he's yeah. great. Is he cool? Oh, geez. Yeah, I cool. should look into it. He's, I haven't said much about it because I really don't re- know. He's really sharp. Yeah, he, he actually had a, a, a TV program that he did a few times a week at uh, the Epoch Times. So I'm, I'm pretty familiar with him because, you know, I, I saw him a couple times and, you know, I'm, I'm, I watched his stuff. And he's very big on uh, Thomas Sowell, you know, the, uh, yes. the economist. He, I think he was a mentor to him. He's very big on um, instead of pointing at something like systemic racism for our problems in the back in the black community, he'll point out the fact that you know a large portion of the black community doesn't have fathers in the home. You know, so he has some traditional conservative values, but at least they're sane. You know, mm-hmm. I mean, he's not out there, you know, saying Latinxes like <laughs> <laughs> like drunk Dr. Seuss. You know, I mean, he oh, he, he actually wow, says things that that are grounded and are reasonable. Even if you disagree with him, you know, but I, no, I, I, Larry Elder would make a really interesting addition to the California government. I, I think aside from that, um, getting a change in California. Yes. Just, just for once. It's like, um, you know, I'll put it this way. California is like if someone took a, to, you know, kept using a toilet without flushing and it's just a mess. Ew. And Larry Elder will, will be the flush. Yeah. You know what I mean? Like he's he's going to be the person to come in and be like, and then just take his foot up and then pull the lever down and finally just. Mm. He might find he's the guy that needs the shovel and needs to shovel all the poop out so that oh. there's enough room for it to flush. <laughs> totally. Oh, this reminds me though that uh, this this video did not get nearly enough coverage. Gavin Newsom cleaning up at Berkeley. Did you guys oh, see I saw that? I saw that. Yeah, oh, yeah, man, that was great. He looked like the petulant 12-year-old kid that's having to help his grandpa like clear out lumber. <laughs> he's like pitching it and he's got this awful like, you know, face on him. It's so funny. So that's that's how he cleans up California, petulantly and angry, like an elitist. Mm. But Larry Elder would actually come in and do some serious work, I think. That, that's, what, that's what I'm saying about these people who just want power. They don't want to do work, right? Mm-hmm. They don't want to – Gavin Newsom's like he, – he was probably sitting in his office and they were like, okay, Gavin, look. This recall's a big deal. There's a lot of people who want to vote you out. We need to do something to show the public you're there for them. And he's like, I could give a speech. And they're like, no, no, no. you got to get your hands dirty. Excuse me? Excuse me? You, we're gonna, I'm thinking – why don't we go clean up? <laughs> I thought I thought for a minute you said you want me to go clean up <laughs> their mess. We gotta connect with people. I won't do it. And then like some guy was saying, Gavin, you gotta do it or you're done. And he's like, ah, oh, fine. And he's like, ah, that's how I imagine it. Clean mm-hmm. your room. Yeah. And then yep. he shows up and he's like, you make me clean. You stupid. I don't want <laughs> that's exactly that's the total vibe he was given off in that video. And it, I don't even think it had sound, but you could just see it on his face. He was just like, why am I doing this? This is beneath me. But think yeah. about it. it's like you know uh, there are people who work hard every day, construction and, and labor and 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 you know um, medical professionals. And this guy, what does he do? He just he, 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 California is just awful. Like where where were you? In, you were in Orange County. Yeah, Orange in Orange County, but prior to that, I was in uh, the uh, the San Fernando Valley in L.A. Oh, okay, okay, yeah, uh, and and that that's that's got a lot of problems too. Still, not as bad as yeah. like San Francisco with with the homelessness and the poop patrols and stuff. Uh, no, I mean it's it's still got problems. I mean homelessness is a serious problem. I mean, I'll I'll never forget. I was standing on my patio. Uh, this is probably six months ago when this is when they were releasing prisoners from the prisoner. You know, and I saw two police cars pull up. They released a prisoner. He signed his papers at the bus stop. And then we locked eyes. And I went back inside. Huh. Wow. Like, yeah. That was because of the COVID stuff? Uh, yeah. Pro- I'm assuming. I mean, maybe it was just like a standard drop-off, but it was at the same time that I was hearing, oh, we're still releasing prisoners, you know, in droves. Right. So, uh, yeah. I mean, it's uh, – California has problems. It's statewide. It's not necessarily, uh, you know, pockets. This is crazy to see this Latinx. Yeah. No, because I'm like 
I got to be honest. Like I was talking about with, 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 when we were mentioning mentioning this with Joe Biden, that like, even though I know Joe Biden isn't with it, like it's fairly obvious, I still believe there was some control. You know, I'm like, oh, Joe Biden's out of it, but the system is in is is working, right? I, like, I, it, it's maybe maybe in a weakened state, but it's still there. Now with Afghanistan, I'm just like, there is no system, there is no president, there is it is just it is just absolutely chaos. I look at this thing with the Democrats, and I'm like, there's no plan. These people have genuinely gone insane. As much as I rag on them, I always kind of felt like the wokeness was was planned, coordinated. Yeah. Like they knew what they were doing to manipulate, lie, cheat, and steal. This woman shows you they don't. They've they've eaten their own refuse. That 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 toilet's full. They're eating out of it. They believe the crap they're put, they're filling up in these toilets. Mm-hmm. I guess it's a good thing though, right? Mm, I don't know. I well, it means it like regular people aren't in that world. That's a good thing. But that, I, I guess I'll put it this way. People keep voting for it because they think Republicans are bad. Right. Oh, well, you know, Republicans are kind of bad. The two-party system is yeah, stripping people of their, yeah. of their choice, whether they realize it or not. People feeling like the lesser of two evils. Man, that drives me crazy, that phrase, lesser of two evils. Mm-hmm. I've heard it for like 20 years. Mm. People want to vote for the lesser of two evils. <laughs> Dude. Yeah, we're not even there anymore. That's now it's like you, you can vote for nothing or for a toilet full of of, of crap. Huh. The Democratic Party is like a piling up a toilet, mm. and the Republicans are not going to flush it. So it's like you can vote for the guys who at least won't stack up on it, or you can vote for the guys who are going to stack up on it. It's like yeah. that's what we get. What do you do? Like, I can't take a seventy-eight-year-old and a seven. Dave, <laughs> you read my mind. That's exactly what I was going to say. I mean, because he he analyzed the situation. It, Pretty thoroughly, not too long ago, he was talking about how, you know, we're looking at a very strong possibility in 2024 where it's Kamala Harris versus Donald Trump. And he's like, if this plays out, it's a very interesting opportunity for a third-party candidate. Not going to yeah. say me, but, <laughs> you know, but that, that was his point. And I really think that, that might be the case. I mean, I'd like to think that would happen. But, I mean, won't they just, uh, we can we, we can manifest it. Right, Ian? We like have a that. lot of power. We can do it just by thinking and meditating or, or by ball? talking about it on TV, like every I love calling this TV, by the way, television. <laughs> um, yeah, let's use the. But I, I think if we, the more we talk about it, it, like it has compounding effects. We can definitely help manifest. I think, uh, man, it's tough because Trump's. I, I I don't think Trump, man, Trump's tough mm-hmm. because mm-hmm. his character defects are an issue, but his policy, you know, what he wanted to do was pretty good. Like his second term agenda, I like. School choice was big. Uh, banning critical race theory in, in contracts. It's a violation of law anyway. Do it. Getting our troops out of the Middle East and things like that. Uh, I'm for it. Getting our manufacturing back. You know, uh, I'm, I'm for it. Protecting our borders. I'm for it. But Trump's character plays an issue. Now, I've never felt that his character was like the guy could say the stupidest things in the world. If he's doing a good job, then fine. You know, who would you rather have a plumber who can't, like, you know, you got two plumbers. One guy's falling asleep and can't speak straight. The other guy's cussing like a sailor, but man, he can fix on pipes. Mm. You know, which one do you hire? 2024, if we get maybe a third party option, I might consider it. Yeah. Well, but the thing that worries me about Trump, though, is that we saw it's not just like he was the plumber that was swearing up and down and was able to actually fix the problem. People like. The, the, the machine got in his way and prevented him from fixing the problem, right. you know? So, I mean, is, isn't that just going to happen again? Is it going to be, you know, yep. Russiagate 2.0? And, I mean, how, how strong is this machine that's going to prevent him from actually ins, in, uh, instigating these policies that he wants to do? Yeah, that's why I've been saying, like, DeSantis is probably better than Trump. 
because yeah. Trump yes. is yeah. one of the most polarizing candidates we've ever had. Right. And DeSantis will get smeared like they're doing it to Larry Elder, but they're not going to be able to smear him nearly as much as they did with Trump because Trump had had uh, prominent personality and clips and people ate it up. DeSantis doesn't have the, the history of Donald Trump speaking or anything like this. They're, gonna, they're probably already working on it. You know they're doing Apple research like crazy right now. Now, the thing about Dave Smith, because, you know, we had him on uh, last Friday and we're, we're big fans. Uh, Michael Malice, press secretary. Yes. That's all I want to say. That's all I want to say. It would, uh, you know yeah. what, man? I can laugh about it, but I genuinely think America needs a Michael Malice press secretary. We know what that leads to, Michael Malice vice presidency. Mm-hmm. And then yeah. Michael well, no, Malice no, presidency. Press no, secretary. Yeah. Was he born in the U.S.? I, I no. think he wasn't, so he can't be president. Isn't that no, the he, law? He, if he's press secretary, he's not going to be vice president. No, no, eventually. He'll just get his oh. feet wet. He'll <laughs> learn the system, and then in 2032. I don't think he can be. I don't know. Michael Malice. I want to um, see oh, yeah, him deal with the press. Yes, That's all I want to see. I mean, I think you said the other night that he would just run circles around these people. And oh, I mean, that's he, an understatement. I, exactly. So exactly. They, they, they would be sitting there. They're like, their heads would start spinning, and then just like, <laughs> it would be like the final scene in Kingsman while their heads blow up. <laughs> yeah, yeah. That would that would be uh, that would be amazing. But imagine what the American people would finally hear mm-hmm. if you got someone like Michael to to you know to be saying to be speaking. Mm. That's almost more important, in my opinion, than the presidency itself, because we don't hear from Joe Biden every day. We hear from Gentecki. We didn't hear from Trump every day. We heard from you know Spicer or or Kaylee, and uh, uh, they did a pretty good job. Mm-hmm. Um, Kaylee McEnany was fantastic was great, yeah. when she pulled she out the good. book and I she like it. let yeah. me fact check you journal, and she had all the articles to fact check yep. them. Brilliant. Mm-hmm. The thing about Michael though is he would add a level of mockery, yes, and disdain and mm-hmm. derision that would be unparalleled. A level Absolutely. of malice, if you will. A level of malice. <laughs> exactly. Exactly. Built right into the name. That's That'd right. be a beautiful yeah. thing. Yeah. yeah. Well, one can hope, I suppose. We can manifest yeah. it. I'll put it this way. I'm my, my, my biggest fear always with these things is that people are going to be like, a third party can never win, so just support the Republicans. Mm-hmm. And I'm like, well, that's why they'll never win, because you won't put your faith in that system. You won't stand up for what you truly believe in and, and, and want. And so we don't know what's going on with any with the Libertarian Party. We don't know what's going on with the Republican Party. One of the one of the challenges is that there's no good party. The Democrats are insane. If you give them power, they will use it. They will misappropriate it. Even if you find one, like all these moderate Democrats who are like, we're going to get back to kitchen table issues. Vote for me. And then people said, OK. And they're like, here, Pelosi, here's 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 power. Yep. OK, so great. You basically just voted for Pelosi. What's the point of that? Then you get the Republicans. And what do you get when you vote Republican? They do nothing. Hmm. Nothing is better than burning the system down, I guess. So uh, if that's your choice. And then you have the Libertarian Party, which is insane. Yeah. They're just. They're just insane. Yeah. The the Libertarian Party of Texas tweeted, you can't be pro-freedom and anti-immigration. And I'm like, that just doesn't even mean anything. Excuse me? You said nothing. (laughs) I'm not saying it's wrong. I'm saying it's not saying it's like you can't like pizza if you're a fan of carrots. What? (laughs) What What are you talking (laughs) about? Latitude. Yeah, the, the argument yeah. that you can't have secure borders or community makes literally no sense. You, it's like you're either an anarchist or you're a, you're a Nazi. <laughs> no, uh, there's varying degrees in between those two things, my friend. Mm-hmm. You can be very pro-freedom but not an anarchist. Libertarian Party does not mean anarchist. It means there's some government. Are those restrictions anti-freedom? It's just meaningless garbage. It doesn't mm-hmm. mean anything. And I feel like most people who are starting to pay attention to politics are like, can we just have like a guy to, you know, do some maintenance on the machine? You know, someone in government is going to be like, well, we'll get everything going. The other thing, too, is 
we're always writing up new laws. Hmm. We're always complaining about things. Have we ever stopped to consider that like it's pretty going pretty pretty well? Let's you know let's let's take a breather. How about for once we just kind of like have a seat, just breathe in and out a little bit. No, it's always get someone in new laws, more more laws on the books, stack them up, stack them up, stack them up. They never go away. Have we ever stopped to consider that like you know it's going pretty well? Hmm. I, I I do, but no, not really. <laughs> never. I, I would love to see that. To see more, uh, what's the what's the repellation of uh, Appealing, law? Yeah, mm. I Appealance. guess the I guess the issue though is there are certainly things that I think need to change. Section two thirty, for instance, censorship stuff. You know, so there's always there's always something happening. I guess mm. the bigger concern now, however, is going to be the rise of authoritarianism. I don't know if you guys saw what's going on in Australia. We can talk oh, a little boy. bit about that. Jeez, mm-hmm. yeah, there's this viral video where this dude is is COVID positive. And he left his apartment, so they should have warrant for his arrest. Oh my God! They yeah. play a clip of my, uh, they play a clip of him on TV coughing and sneezing on an elevator, and they're like, "He just won't do the right thing." And I'm like, "It would be fair if you're sick and then you get on an elevator and start coughing and sneezing, not covering your mouth. It's kind of a dick move." Yeah. Right. But like to issue a warrant for his arrest, now they're saying they have to put signs on your, you have to put a sign on your door if you're suspected of having COVID. Ooh. Suspected of having COVID, they force you to lock down and quarantine your house, and they put a sign on your door saying. Do not come in. Leave packages at the door. Like, they gone full Nazi, man. Mm. Yeah. Yeah, I heard they had like four cases or four deaths out of 25 million people, I think, is their total number of people who live there. Four is simply not enough to lock down your entire population. Well, I don't know if it's four, but I don't think any number is is enough to lock down your entire population. I think we all agreed to the 15 days to slow the spread. (laughs) And Dave Smith said it best when he was like, there's nothing more permanent than a temporary government solution. Yes. Or a temporary government program. It's like, yep. Mm -hmm. You guys ready for this one? Oh, boy. From the Daily Mail. Get vaccinated or stay in jail. New York judges order defendants to get COVID-19 shots as part of plea deals and bail agreements. But is it even legal? A New York judge ordered a defendant to get the COVID-19 vaccine as part of his plea deal, while another made it part of a drug dealing suspect's bail terms. Manhattan judge Jed Rakoff granted the release of a woman accused of drug dealing on the condition she get vaccinated. Another order came from Bronx Judge Jeff- Jeffrey Zimmerman, who made vaccination part of a plea deal. Neither defendant appeared to object. I mean, to be honest, it's probably like, okay, I get to go, and you know, that's all I got to do. The problem I have with this is the set- setting the precedent of government-mandated medication, hmm. which we already have with, like, fluoridation and water and things like that. It should be between you and your doctor. You should go talk to your doctor. Not have a judge tell you what you should or shouldn't do. Right. Or, you know, we have, we have Joe Biden now. Check this out. Joe Biden is calling on corporations. He tells companies to start mandating vaccines in speech celebrating the approval of the Pfizer vaccine. Hey, that's great. The FDA approved the Pfizer vaccine. Wonderful. Now, uh, as same as it's always been, you can go talk to your healthcare professional that you know and trust and figure out what makes sense for you and don't ask me for medical advice. But to tell all of the companies to start mandating this, we are going to see a purge of sick people. Mm. And then what? They go on unemployment? Someone brought this up to me uh, earlier. They said, have you considered that with New York mandating the vaccine with no medical exemptions, uh, and now for teachers as well, and this this push from big companies, they're going to take all of the people with medical conditions that are still able to work and make them unable to work, and now they'll be stuck on government benefits. Once again, just decimating the economy. Mm. What do you think is behind these mandates? 
I mean, really, because are, are we to believe that, you know, uh, Joe Biden saying that private companies have to do this and judges saying that people have to do this on conditions of their parole? Are we to believe that this is the result of a genuine concern for public health? Or oh, is there I, something else? I definitely else? don't think so. So what is it? What is it? Is, it, is it just is it just power? That's it. I don't know, man. Look at that uh, uh, Newsom. You know, he doesn't want to do work. <laughs> Imagine being able to just, like, tell everyone to do what they're told and they do it. Hmm. I think it's ideology, hmm. you know. Hmm. So um, it's just, man, it, people want power, you know. Yeah. It's like you ever play a video game, you put in a cheat code. Hmm. It's fun. Right, and You're right. playing Doom and you type IDDQD and then all of a sudden you can just go around doing whatever you want. and It gets boring kind of quick. But that's basically what they're doing. They're like, oh, now I can just snap my fingers and it's done. Mm-hmm. But these people are not smart people. Mm-hmm. You know? Yeah. Like imagine you hired a guy to fix your toilet and he's a computer programmer, but you gave him carte blanche and you come in your bathroom and it's just spraying water everywhere. Nothing makes sense. And he's like, I, I, you leave it to me. I'll figure it out. It's like, oh, dude. Yeah. Will you though? Will you really? <laughs> but you yeah. know what? We, we, we're on the middle of nowhere now. Mm-hmm. That's why I don't know if I care. Mm. You know what I mean? Like, yeah, you've been saying that for a while. It's just like these cities want to burn themselves down. Let them do it. You know, I mean, if people aren't going to vote to recall Gavin Newsom, mm-hmm. then, well, th- there you go. You Time to move. Right. You know, th- this is what I was saying. People people were complaining because I'm t- saying get out of cities. And they're like, no, you got to stay and fight. And I'm like, listen, in New York City, staying and fighting was voting and saying no to this. And then they keep electing Democrats. They elect Joe Biden. You did, and they ref- and and, and and if people didn't stand up in enough numbers to actually make that change, then you you did it. You you made your attempt, and now it's time to go. I mean, I suppose you can try and stay, but my point is like, if there's a bunch of people yelling like, "Hey, we're gonna win if we all stick together," and then when it comes down to it, not enough people stick together, you tried. Hmm. What more can you do? Well, there was that one restaurateur in New York. I think he had a bakery, and he said that he's not going to, you know, he had to, he put this big poster in his window saying, we don't discriminate based on gender, sex, anything, vaccinated, unvaccinated. Right. And they, they put that poster up right after um, uh, it was, uh, de Blasio, right yeah. after de Blasio announced. And they thought that they would have, like a lot of other restaurants, fall in line with them, you know, and, and say the same thing. It's just like, we're not going to do this. Nobody did. So now they're just, you know, the only ones out there saying, we're not going to follow this policy and we're probably going to get charged thousands of dollars in fines. Yep. So even when you do step up and do that, you're not necessarily guaranteed to have other people have that brave, but that I, bravery I, I, to do you, that. You shouldn't worry about what other people are going to do in a certain, to a certain extent. Sure. You should stand up for what you believe in. And if that means in the end they'll uh, delete your restaurant, it's worth it. Mm. It's worth it to me. Because we see what's happening with these kids, right? You see that video in Australia where the twelve-year-olds are getting pepper sprayed and arrested. Yeah, there, you know, there's a bunch of videos that are like this of kids being arrested. There's a video out of Australia where it's a bunch of teenagers partying like on the beach and they get arrested and they get fined a thousand bucks. And it's like, to everybody who said to me, "Oh, I can't speak up and risk my job because I have to feed my kids," and I'll be like, "Okay, well, you know, good luck feeding them when you're in a gulag." Because if you don't speak up now, hey, it may be harder right now, mm-hmm. but it's going to get way, way worse. I mean, we, we're, we're looking at the signs, man. Mm-hmm. Look at what's going on with Australia. They're building quarantine camps. They're putting signs on people's houses, labeling them as, you know, unfit, undesirables. This same course, this the same history has happened over and over and over again. It's almost like you can just track it to a beat. You know, here we are in 2022. What was going on in the 20s leading up into the 30s, into the 40s? You know, 
Mm-hmm. People just go along with it. But I like, don't you, like your friend who was like right. cheering for the fascism. Right, right. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Totally fine with him. But you know, I don't know enough about Australia or Australian history to understand why that place is the one that's actually doing the full-on Nazi lockdown. They gave up all their policies. guns. Oh, is that, oh, that's that's what happened in Australia. So, uh, what do you, do you guys know when Australia gave up all their guns? They no. gave, you can no. look it up. They gave up all their guns a, while, a little while ago. Oh. And not that I think people would go out and actually fight with their government. The left tries to use it as an argument because they always want to jump to the most extreme. If I say, hey, uh, you know one of the first things Nazis Nazis did was target disabled people, making it harder for them to live, discriminating against them. Then people will go, yeah, but the Nazis also did most extreme thing ever. And I'm like, yes, that was bad. That was really bad. One of the worst things in history. And they also did a bunch of other bad things before that that led up to the point where people accepted it. Mm. It's actually what Gina Carano was saying. Mm. Remember that post she made that yeah, got her in trouble? Yeah. She was saying that they they demonized people to the point where neighbor attacked neighbor and we've got to resist that. They they took her job because of it. Yep. Mm-hmm. So we're walking into the exact same thing. It's it's mm-hmm. one step at a time. It's not like, you know, that's what I always say. Did you think the despots wouldn't have an excuse? They're not just going to snap their fingers and become authoritarians overnight. It looks like right. it was in 1996. There was a mass shooting in uh, Australia, and they restricted guns. So mm-hmm. here's here's what happens when you have guns. The government, the, the, the agents of the state are scared to kick your door in without a warrant. Huh. Because you are legally allowed to defend yourself. Brianna Taylor's boyfriend... When they when the police broke the door down, they fired at him. He fired back and hit a cop. I think he fired first and hit him in the leg. They tried charging him with it, and he ultimately won. And in the case, there was no charges in the end because he was legally allowed to defend himself from someone breaking his door down. In Australia, New Zealand, Canada, and the UK, we got these videos of cops walking in, breaking the door down, and just coming in and beating people and, and dragging them out. We don't see that in the United States because... The police are concerned the citizen is probably armed. It's not that the citizen is going to get in a gunfight. No, we don't want that to happen. It's that if they don't do it properly, the power balance between the individual and the state are, uh, at that moment, the same. In the UK, the state always has the advantage. So mm-hmm. don't give it to them. Why, why, why give the state the advantage? Mm-hmm. That's a big difference. So I don't know. You know, Australia... Uh, People just slowly gave up more and more of their freedoms, and while you weren't looking, Nazis took over. Mm. So by allowing the government to take their guns, the government just innately realized, oh, well, now what's the next step? Because it's it's like you said, it's not necessarily that they were going to, you know, use their guns and arm in the streets and, you know. Uh, it doesn't need to be intentional. That. Right, right. Yeah. It, it doesn't need to be intentional. It needs to just be that uh, water flows. Mm. You know, if, if you have uh, – uh, a river and there's a dam and you open the dam the water pushes through there's no conspiracy among the water to make the water flow through it's just the natural flow of things Mm -hmm. so when you have governments that overreact and are panicky and don't like an armed citizenry then you lose your guns what happens when you have a population with no weapons tyrannical government easily just flows through those open gates Mm -hmm. so you know, a lot of people, I think, assume that the quest to take guns away is on purpose. I don't, I don't necessarily think so. I think some, for some people, seizing guns is on purpose. But I was watch, I watched this old like gun debate thing with Rosie O'Donnell and Tom uh, Tom Selleck, and I've watched a bunch of other arguments about the ni- the nineties assault weapons ban and stuff like that. It's panic. It's it's people who don't know anything about guns panicking and then virtue signaling virtue signaling their way into banning them. And then what happens when you have a, a disarmed population? Tyranny flows right through those open gates. Mm. 
whether whether anyone wanted it to happen or not. Look, I don't know. I don't know what you think. What you guys think about the uh, mandates and stuff? I think if people want to go get the vaccine, it's their business. I just think excluding people, you know, based on this stuff is mandates know, are awesome in the right circumstance. I think this is the not the right circumstance personally. Um, it's very exhausting to talk about this stuff because I don't know if screaming at a camera is enough to get people to 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 change. But other than that, what else is there? I don't know. You know, self self improvement. That's kind of the, the route I'm going in my life right now. Get better at singing. Get better at thinking. Get better at typing. The uh, the, the the vaccine minutes they're doing say mm-hmm. that you have to have uh, for like uh, you know the military is doing it now too. You have to have the you know your your vaccines have to be up to date. Mm-hmm. So I was uh, actually this is really really funny. Somebody I tweeted vaxer ID is racist. You see the joke I'm making? Voter ID is mm-hmm. racist. You know, vaxxer mm-hmm. ID. And then what happened was was uh, actually kind of surprising. The response I got from Democrats said a vaccine card is not an ID. And I was like, what, what are they talking about? I'm talking about de Blasio requiring IDs to get into buildings. I didn't say vaccine cards had vaxxer ID. Like, mm-hmm. they're using the vaccine, the, 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 the vaccine mandate as a way to mandate identification. They didn't know it. And then when I actually told some people, like, the mandate requires ID... This one guy was like, no, it doesn't. And I was like, did you read the mandate? And he goes, yes. And I was like, then you didn't read it. <laughs> and so he was like, show me where it says that. I sent him the link. And then he comes back 10 minutes later and he's like, oh, wow, I didn't see that part where it says an ID must be government you know, issued or whatever. And I'm like, yes, I'm talking about IDs. They don't know. God, That could be a mantra of the 49% in that first poll you mentioned. Oh, I didn't see that part. Yeah, that could be don't. like their mantra. Mm-hmm. You know, they, they, they revel in being nasty people. There, it's it's like all of the hate flowed in one direction. It's the craziest thing. Yeah, I I see the nastiness component, but at the same time, I also see just kind of they 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 feel some sort of bizarre warmth and ignorance. You know, they need things to be like third grade level. You know, the people that I talk to that just don't really see what's happening or they perceive it in some way that I just I don't understand. They want they want they just want to tune into CNN for twenty minutes, have their twenty minutes, and then have their talking points and be done with it. They need it to be very simple, very easy, and then they can get on with their lives and shout down people that disagree with them. You know, I think yeah. we're addicted to convenience. I think mm-hmm. the fake news is very much a form of convenience and almost a form of comfort to some of these people, which is really turning out to be quite the problem because they're believing everything they tell them. So that if they do change the rhetoric and be like, oh, Joe Biden did this thing wrong, they're just going to believe that hook, line and sinker, too. So they're clearly not like progressively, progressively thinking through this. What I was hoping when I started to see this was that they were starting to see that hiring someone based on the color of their skin, like they did with Kamala, was a terrible idea. And voting for someone like Biden against Trump, terrible idea. But mm-hmm. no, it's just because they're blindly following along the media because it yeah. makes them feel good. But why did they become so nasty? You know, like we talked about Phil, De- to Phil DeFranco before. There's a few other people I know that I'm just surprised to see become really vile people. Petty tyrants. Um, I, it, a lot of it why? is perception. Like the way... That you see someone else's text is not necessarily the way they intended it to be seen. And so you get people that are angry. They type something down out of rage, which is never going to totally you know, translate what they're feeling. And then someone else reads it and has their own feelings that they put on top of that. Just a massive miscommunication. Like you said, you talked to your friend, but it was through text. Mm-hmm. And so a lot of miscommunication yeah. through text. I've, I've had a really good friend of mine I basically had to cut ties with. Mm. via text because i couldn't handle the text comments Mm. after a while like it's 
But I, but I, but I still think you, you, you know I get it. But you're missing the main point. Like, why is why are people that I know posting the meanest, craziest things on Facebook in general? Like, people who used to be normal people I know from Chicago all of a sudden are posting things on Facebook saying like, F these stupid MFers. I hope they all die and burn and suffer. And I'm like, what, what? the <laughs> happened to these people? Yeah. Yo, like there's one viral tweet where someone's like, I've seen a whole bunch of pro-vax people celebrating the deaths of, of people who wouldn't get vaccinated from COVID and wishing their death. But I've never seen the anti-vax people wishing the same for those who are pro-vaccine. Like what is what happened to these people, man? Hmm. It's like they're they're infected with some kind of rage mm-hmm. and they just want more. They're addicted to rage and anger and being mean people. Mm. Someone with a, a perhaps a bit of a spiritual or religious outlook would say that there's some sort of possession that's happening because yes. people are, I mean, people are really there. A lot of them, I know exactly the kind of people you're talking about and they're not themselves. And I don't right. know what that is, but getting to the kernel of where that started, that's really hard to unwind. I don't know. I don't know what that is. Demonic possession. Got it. We'll roll with that one. <laughs> <laughs> Go from, with it. Yeah. yeah, absolutely. For yourself, what would put you in that state of mind? Like being really mean to people. Yeah, I just tried not to do that. I think if I was physically uncomfortable, mm. like maybe overweight or eating, I know when I'm physically uncomfortable. Even if I eat crap and then like a day or two days later, I, I just have a terrible, terrible mood. So that I, I don't, I, don't, I can't understand it, man. I could not understand posting. F all the MFers. I want them to die. Nyeh. I post silly garbage, silly nonsense. I tweeted out on, uh, mm-hmm. I tweeted out Joe Biden is the greatest president of this or any generation. And then I waited a few minutes for people to laugh. And then I said, why aren't you retweeting this? Like I got, I got, I got, uh, I got no hate. Mm-hmm. I got concern. You know, I got empathy and I have disdain. I don't hate. Maybe, I don't um, cause pain. It's like, um, residual from Trump come in and be like mm-hmm. the far leftists, all these, Jerks and Hillary's like basket of deplorables, and then Biden comes in and he like arrests all these people on one six. And what he should be doing is letting those people go and commuting their sentences or their their crimes, like John Hancock did with Shays Rebellion when the farmers revolted before they signed the Declaration. He realized they did it out of desperation; they didn't do it because they were evil people. So he pardoned a bunch of them. Biden should pardon those people if he wants social cohesion right now. But as long as there's this, he said, she said, they're villains. He's an enemy. It's gonna, we're gonna see it in the in the populace. Yeah, but dude, there is an objective reality here. What is that? In Portland, a bunch of right wing groups wanted to have a summer of love event. And sure, you can argue they know what's gonna happen if they have an event in Portland. But they're allowed to put on a rally where they right. talk and say things. Antifa showed up and started throwing gas and attacking people. And then a bunch of Proud Boys reacted and started fighting back. And then the media blames the far right. Certainly, I think the far, you know, uh, the right wing groups that are down there don't understand that they're being baited. But it's like, what am I supposed to say? Right wing group is allowed to have a rally. They're allowed to stand up on their, their, their truck with a big sign saying summer of love and the hate. And that's okay. If you don't like it, you know, walk away. Antifa has no right to show up and throw bricks at people and beat them and crash, you know, try and ramble with cars. There was a shootout, and I think the guy who got arrested was an Antifa guy. I don't know for sure, but he looks more like an Antifa guy who was shooting. Two people were shooting. We see a bunch of videos, uh, a bunch of reports of the Antifa people with weapons and things like that. The objective reality is the media will call Antifa left wing, and they'll call conservatives far right. Hmm. And I started thinking about this. I'm like, then what's right wing? 
Like if 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 you're a conservative and and you're far right, then how would the media define right wing? Oh, I think I know a uh, pro universal healthcare liberal like myself. Mm-hmm. Traditional liberal, I suppose, more classical liberal in a sense. But they'll call me right wing. They'll call an actual conservative far right. They're, they've lost the plot. Yeah, I don't know mm-hmm. what's left and right and conservative and, and liberal. Like we look at crypto economics and it, c- being conservative would be to maintain the current system of, of fiscality, you know, economics. But we, we see that it's a broken system that's on a runaway train to demise. So it's actually conservative to change that system to a more conservative financial system. So whereas you would think it's liberal to tear down the economic order and up, up install a new system, it's actually very conservative to do that because the mm. system is dangerous. Hmm. That's I don't even my know, opinion. Man. I don't think the, wor- the words right become w- meaningless. Uh, yeah. yeah. You can be a liberal conservative that's far right and far I'll, left at the same time. It's okay. I'll tell you what's funny. And a centrist. When I was watching, I was watching one of Hassan's video because we talked about Hassan Piker buying the big house. And he was talking about Af- – he, he said a lot of things about Afghanistan that are identical to exactly what I said. That it's a shame it's going down this way. It's good that we're getting out. And then he said, but it's literally Trump's fault. This is, you know, this is Trump's plan. Trump negotiated this. And my take was, and it's literally Biden's fault. Biden changed the plan. Biden, you know, failed, like pulled, pulled our troops out of Bagram Air Force Base in the middle of the night. And I'm like, if, if someone, someone super chatted this to us, if we had, um, you know, Jack Posobiec or Jack Murphy or Steve Bannon sitting down with like Vosh or, or Hassan, they'd probably agree on most things and then disagree on cultural issues and culture war issues. And so it's like, I guess I'm just pointing out there's a tribal need, in my opinion, to blame Donald Trump for everything. And so my criticism of, of Hassan in this regard and many on the left is it's literally not Trump's fault if you actually follow what's happened. But it's easy to say Trump negotiated the withdrawal. Therefore, he bears responsibility for how this went down because there's – but Joe Biden is literally the president and he mm-hmm. changed the terms of the deal. So it's like – it's tribalism. Yeah, I want to avoid mm-hmm. trashing Biden. Like big problem. I was born in Ohio and Cleveland Browns for life. Cleveland Browns <laughs> fan because that's my hometown. And um when the quarterback would screw up, a Cleveland Browns quarterback, throw a few in, incompletions, throw an interception – the, the fans would turn on the guy and be like, this guy sucks. He's terrible. And then the guy would start playing worse because his morale would be shot. And then he'd be, be like, he's terrible. Get rid of him. They'd go through a quarterback, get a new quarterback. He's the, the golden child, throws a few interceptions. He's terrible. Get rid of him. So they destroyed their own team by talking crap about it. If we do that with Biden, I'm afraid that could happen. What if the mm-hmm. quarterback was 78 years old and couldn't talk? Ugh. You still want to improve his morale. No, at that a, point, you say, team, get him fan. out, get him out. Look, I get what you're saying. If I was sitting there with you, Ian, at a Cleveland Browns game, and the quarterback was 78, and he was going, rag, rag, well, and you were like, don't don't rag on him, man. We got to give him a chance. I'll be like, bro, come on. Dude, what are you talking about? Right. Like, But it's more subtle. It makes sense if he was 40. Like, at what point do you watch a quarterback throw incompletions? At what point do you say he's not the guy anymore? Bro, Joe Biden wasn't the guy to begin with. Like he's the commander in they chief. They, it's like the the listen the about quarterback this? of the the best team in the NFL. Let's try this. What if the quarterback was seventy eight, couldn't talk right, and wasn't actually chosen by the by by the team's owners or managers? It was just that the quarterback they were gonna have the fans didn't like, so they were like, just get us anybody, and they're like, we got this old guy sitting in the stands, <laughs> just take him because the fans don't like that guy. So it's like what you were saying, right? 
you got a quarterback, he throws a few, you know, interceptions, and he, and then when people boo him, he starts cussing at him, and he's rude, and they're like, we don't want to watch this game anymore, and then the owner's like, we're losing money, what do we do? We need anybody, anybody, and they're like, just grab that 78-year-old guy who can't talk straight. And now you got people sitting there watching, and they're like, dude, this guy can't play. <laughs> like, what do we do? And you're, being, you're, you're like, dude, we don't want to lose another quarterback. Don't rag on him. And I'm like, I think we want to lose this quarterback. I think he can go home yeah. now. But you lose the whole team when you – But the vice quarterback is even worse. Right. The second and the speaker, of, speaker of the field is just insanely <laughs> so, bad. So assuming you don't have another – there's no free agents waiting to get hired right now. <laughs> then that's when morale improvement is key. Because like Tom Brady wasn't necessarily the best quarterback, but he was in a great organization with – Massive people were behind him. He had incredible morale and thought he was great. So he kept being great. He kept fulfilling that prophecy. What would President Kamala be like? <gasps> She'd laugh a lot. <laughs> Live, laugh, love. <laughs> oh, no. Maybe we oh, get some video you, of her firing a pistol. Could you imagine? Some could, you, could you imagine a President Kamala? Like already she's laughing at the, uh, the question about Americans trapped in Afghanistan. But could you imagine her like sitting down with like Vladimir Putin and he's like, if you do not withdraw your troops from Libya, we'll fire a nuke. <laughs> oh, my gosh. Wow. Are oh. these troops in Afghanistan, are they like 15,000 Americans left for dead? Were they just left? Are they going to be in prison, like prisoners of war? Well, the Taliban is saying, like, no, no, we'll get the Americans out. And and then but, there's all these, these Afghanis and their families that worked with the American troops that are still there. Like, I don't know how many thousands, tens of thousands. Are those people, we're just going to leave them to be incarcerated, sold into slavery, have their heads cut off like... I mean, here, here's, here's the challenge. You got to watch out for the propaganda. There's a bunch of propaganda coming out saying, like, you know, America, don't do this. There's a, a like I saw one story, it said a, a famous Afghan TikToker was captured and executed by the Taliban. And it seems like a lot of these stories are preying upon Western sensibilities to make Americans be like, we have to go back in and save them all. And it's like, no, no. The, pr- the reason the problem's this bad is because we did this in the first place. You need to stop. Just stop. Unless you're pro-colonization, I guess, you know, and you think America should colonize, then it's like, okay, well, then well, then you're pro-colonization. Colonize Mars, maybe. Yeah, well, they want to colonize Afghanistan and then build a pipeline Mm. into Europe. I'm not a big fan of colonizing on top of other people. Yeah. What do you do? Like, I don't mean, I don't mean do colonization. I'm like, what, what, what do you do about the fact that you've got international elites and you've got massive corporate interests in getting oil pipelines out of Afghanistan and they're going to fund the politicians and the system will flow in that direction. Probably change the economics situation. I think, you know, remove the fiat currency from diminish its value. It seems like how it's we, happening automatically. How do we get the left to be on board with like ending the Fed or about or, or auditing it or something? You got to make it exciting. Uh, I, my goal is to get super famous with a hit song and then people are like, <laughs> yeah, whatever you say, because I, I'm obsessed with you. I don't know. Worship. If, no, maybe. Like, maybe I don't know. Other what, than if, that. what if we accuse the Fed of being racist? Yes. There you go. That's a good start. Yeah. I do like that they've gotten woke. Mm-hmm. Yeah. yeah. It's like, no, no, I don't like that either. <laughs> I don't like using <laughs> being their, their tactics against them. Yeah, I'm not a big fan. No, of no, they need Now, it. let's be honest. The Federal Reserve was created by a bunch of rich white men to uphold white supremacy. There you go. Mm-hmm. Yeah. You right think they'd buy first. that? 
No. It's worth a try. It only works when they're when their priests tell them. When you know when they're right. when the cathedral. They, they yeah. tried the Rockefeller Rothschild keyword thing in like twenty eleven and that was like all the buzz is like, Oh, the Rothschilds. Oh, the Rockefellers. And like those those families were involved in like the creation of the banking order and the Federal Reserve and things like that, but so that shock value of like Rockefeller is gone. Like that came out was like 2008. That name all of a sudden was like, ooh, the big mm-hmm. bad name. Right. It's tough to say because like, you know, this is something James Lindsay talks about all the time when he's like, you know, going through his – like he's analyzing uh, Herbert Marcuse's uh, work about, you know, the, the Marxist professor Herbert Marcuse who's kind of in a sense an architect of the woke stuff is that the asymmetry is the whole point. It's, it, there's not really a reasonable d- debate to have with some people that are kind of infected with the woke ideology. It's about asymmetry. It's about this side is permitted, this side is not permitted. Plain and simple. There's no there's no room for discussion. There's no room for exchange. It's just right wing bad. That's not tolerated. Left wing good. All goes. This right. is part and of this guy's anything, study. Anything they Herbert Marcuse. Yeah. I mean, this is yeah. Th- this is um, re- uh, his art essay is called Repressive Tolerance. Uh, very dense essay. I, I would encourage you to listen to James Lindsay's uh, analysis of it because he, you know, he, he's lived in this world, you know. Um, but but yeah, that that was essentially his whole take on he, the, the idea is that um, tolerance at a certain point is repressive mm. and is bad. So you can't be tolerant of the right. You have to be tolerant of the left. Yeah. Who was who was that other guy? They didn't, um, I can't remember his name. They the, the the paradox of tolerance. Or oh, I'm not sure. Intolerance. Popper. Popper. That's right. Carl. Oh, yes. Yeah, yeah, yeah. yeah. I've heard of that. Yeah. And it's, he, he's not wrong. Right. The problem yeah, no, is right. the left is intolerant and we tolerate them. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Yeah. There you go. Well, that's the other thing you see coming through uh, in our current society with, with Marcuse and his ideas is he was saying that he, it's a pretty interesting argument that he makes. He says, you know, if we had just pre-censored Hitler huh. and just said, let's not let him speak. Then we wouldn't have had the Holocaust now, would we? So we have to pre-censor these ideas. They can't be expressed. Because if we tolerate those speeches, then it's repressive but for he, everybody. But he was censored. Uh, Hitler? Yeah. Yeah, he absolutely was. He was? Yes. Oh, okay. And the, the the people on the left try to bring up saying like, you know, like, see, even, you know, even they went after him. And then the counter is yes. And it didn't do anything. <sighs> because when you push things into the corner, mm. they just fester in darkness. Mm. And if people are actively paying attention to to these ideas, then they understand them and they can reject them. But mm. you let these ideas grow in the darkness, and then it's all of a sudden you're like standing up and like, whoa, where did all this come from? Well, that's what we're seeing now is that there's a, that bad idea, the, the idea of pre-censorship is happening again with big tech platforms. They're saying, let's just not let these ideas out there, and yep. it's backfiring. It doesn't work that way. Mm-hmm. Yeah. yeah, yeah. But uh, I have to say, I, I don't want to leave this uh, before we go to Super Chats on a, on a sad note. I want to point out that woman who called uh, – uh, young Latinos Latinxes mm. <laughs> and just remind you all that these people have no idea how to communicate with young people and they're probably going to create a generation of more liberty minded individuals who are anti-woke mm-hmm. not a guarantee yes you know they'll they'll get a lot of you know uh, people to join their little cult tribalist whatever but I think a lot of young people are going to be like what did you call me mm-hmm. <laughs> like that has nothing to do with my community yo like why is Fast and the Furious so popular failing I just watched F9 oh Oof. how was it sorry I like it. I love Final. Yeah. Fa- Dude, the Fast and the Furious cinematic universe is the best. Oh my god! Ha- you know why? Well, why? Because they're <laughs> self why. they're self aware. <laughs> It's, Are they? It's absolutely. State like, them. dude, they went into space. Oh, nice. They went to outer space. <laughs> it's it's <getting> awesome. <laughs> Why did they go to outer? I don't know. No one knows. I don't, I don't, I don't know. Awesome. And and but it's self-aware. 
And the point is, Fast and the Furious is like cars, music, music, pretty girls, and action adventure. Because people like these things. Right. They don't know what this this woke stuff does. Mm-hmm. But no, for real, in, in Fast 9, I don't, I'm sorry for the spoiler, guys. <laughs> Movie's still out. Bring it on. They go to space. Uh-oh. Just think about wow. how, how hilarious that is. Where like where the first movie was like a normal crime drama. Yeah. Oh yeah. And now they're in space. <laughs> Fast nine in outer space. I was watching it and I was just I'm laugh I love it. Each and every movie is better. They did Hobbs and Shaw. Did you see that one? Oh yeah, yeah. Fast and the Furious, Hobbs and Shaw. It's a Superman in that movie. <laughs> I don't even know what's going on. It's amazing. Dude, wild. they gotta roll with it. Gosh, and sure. and uh they I, I really hope that eventually get, they get to the point where they legit get superpowers. Like, oh, that'd be cool. How amazing would it be if the FFCU literally becomes a new superhero cinematic universe? Yeah. That'd just be, be great. Just because – well, they already have super soldiers. So they have the potential for Captain America, right? So in, in Hobbs versus Shaw, you had Idris Elba playing a guy who was a super soldier. So he was like super Man, strong. He was great. He's awesome. Yeah, that movie – I didn't like that movie, but I loved him in that movie. I thought the movie was fantastic. I didn't like Statham. My problem with Statham is that he never seems like – that he's at risk. He, there's never any like sense of urgency or danger. He always is like too powerful. He, he's an actor. Yeah. He knows his character can't be hurt, so that there's no fear. Of, so I'm like every time he's on camera, I'm not afraid that the character's gonna die. It's just I'm waiting for it to happen. Mm. Dude, mm. I I want to see in F10 like Vin Vin <laughs> Diesel like raids you know the the super soldier compound and gets injected and, and then he becomes he gets superpowers you know and then uh, ludicrous. Oh is gosh. just he can fly for some reason. <laughs> I think that's the only way you can heighten it from here. From space. yeah, I know. Yeah, yeah. yeah. <laughs> that's why I'm like that's the logical. They move. go to Mars. Yeah. Is Justin <laughs> Lin always the director? Does I don't he direct know, all of them? He's the writer, producer, and director of the oh, F9. It just mm-hmm. every nice every job, movie dude. is crazier than the last, like to an extreme oh degree. Gosh. I like that. People love it. They make it's like not hundreds. Of they could totally start like bending reality, like Doctor Strange, dude, and right. then like no, have no, no, no. the rock. I don't want to spoil. Like... The, I don't want to spoil the movie. Oh, it's great! <laughs> like we're so close to to Vin Diesel getting superpowers. <laughs> Let's do it. He's got a brother. Apparently, wow. he could have like a second cousin who turns out to be like his a mom wizard. or something. I'll a wizard. Yes. Yeah. There you go. <laughs> yeah. I like that. Can't yeah. Well, Vin Diesel's this. a big like D and D guy, isn't he? Yeah, oh, he's I don't a know. Gamer. Actually, interesting. Yeah, he's a hardcore gamer. How cool oh, would it be really? if, like, they go to Egypt and find a Stargate? Okay, be amazing. That's, That's be really cool. cool. You know, Vin is into that, dude. Yes. <laughs> <laughs> Aliens. <laughs> What's Aliens. next, man? Hey, already super soldiers. All right. So we we don't want to jump too much. So the next one's got to be like they find the super soldier serum and they themselves get the super soldier abilities. Then the next one can be like someone, you know, jumps really high. Yeah, you gotta get Vin Diesel gotta get bombarded with radiation sometime. And there's the whole scene of him being like, like, his arms bulging. He's like, yes. And then he turns green. Yeah. (laughs) Dude, I already, when I turn it on, I know it's gonna be just like. Nonsense. Yeah, Yeah, it's awesome nonsense. (laughs) It's just like, it's, man, it's a parody of itself. But it's, it's, it's that's it's, how you do it. You got to lean into it. Yeah. I love it. It's All right, woke. let's read. Let's read some super chats. Oh, okay. All right. Smash that like button. Subscribe. Uh, share the show with your friends. And go to timcast.com. Be a member. We'll have a bonus segment coming up for all y'all. We got Jonathan Galtarini says, "My wife and I have been trying to have a second baby for three years now. Nice. We had to resort to IVF, mm. which is way too much for us to afford. A GoFundMe shout out would be dope. Andrea and Zachary IVF fundraising by Andrea Kunkel." 
best of luck for you on your children and endeavors. Try fasting too. When you when you free up the blood flow in your lower core, it helps. Uh, you know, free up the blood flow in your genitals. I found, which can there help you, you have oh. babies. Oh, all right. Yeah. <laughs> Terrific. Patrick Patrick Stover says, Tim, what is the best guitar, and why is it the Telecaster? Oh. You know, I, I honestly, uh, I, I just like it the way it sounds, to be completely honest. So I, my first guitar was a Strat, and then uh, the first guitar given to me when I was a little kid was a Strat. And then I got um, a Strat Acoustic when those came out, which is a small fiberglass body Stratocaster. It looks like a Stratocaster, Fender Stratocaster, but it's acoustic. And it doesn't sound very good, and they don't make them anymore. Is it that black one? Yeah, yeah. yeah. It was the first one I ever bought myself. But then I bought a Telecaster, a white Telecaster, because... It just sounds better. It's the easiest it's way to white. explain it. I mean, I suppose you can always change out pickups and customize and do whatever you want. But I just got – we're building a music studio, production studio for all the music. And so we got the Acoustasonic Telecaster. Incredible. Was it that brown one? Yes. Nice. Mm. It's it's up there. It's expensive. But it is I, – I, they had a really expensive one. It was like four grand because it was some exotic African wood or whatever. And I'm like, we're not trying to, you know, do like we want something that sounds really, really good so we can make music. Hmm. And it's hard to justify an expense this high, even for the one I did get. But for the live performances, I think this thing is absolutely, the sound is incredible. It gives you an acoustic sound or an electric sound when you can just change. Wow. Yeah, it's, it's brilliant. Hmm. Uh, and it's a Telecaster. It's the Acoustasonic Telecaster. It's amazing, amazing, amazing. I don't know. I just love it. I, I I don't like Strats. Um, I like I like Schecter, uh, but I think just Telecasters, man. I love. Yeah, them. I love the Martin. The or the, it's the Dreadnought. I mean, I, I'm just the, that's the one I played for 20 years. It's the acoustic Martin Dreadnought. Yeah, electrics. Yeah. I don't know. I don't know much about them. I've I had a Stratocaster. That was my first one. Yeah, I think most people get a Strat to start. You know, it's like a cheap black and white. Yeah, that's what I had. Strat. Yeah. John R says this is in reference to yesterday's Cast Castle. Number one, have you ever had Irish cream and coffee, Tim? You're in for a real treat. I've not. We, we bought we bought Irish cream. Oh, mm. okay. And it's like it's actually creamy. I'm like, I've never oh, had it. maybe I'll try that in the coffee. Yeah, we went, we went to the liquor store because we're building the new studio, and so we wanted to get like good booze for guests and for celebrations. Like, we're not going to dish out really expensive stuff for just literally no reason and just waste money or anything like that. So I got corn whiskey, which was like ten bucks, and that's I'm the most excited for that. Because I want to get some of the, the snootiest whiskey snobs and be like, here's your corn whiskey with a plastic bottle. <laughs> no, it's in a glass bottle. It's in a glass great. bottle. Um, but we had some good stuff, too. And a lot of people are pointing out that none of us drink. Everybody who went to the liquor store, nobody drinks. And so they're like, what, it's like bringing vegans to a butcher shop. Like, what are you doing? <laughs> we have this some of us uh, drink. Ohishi whiskey. Tim, we had a little bit of this before the show. The three of us did. And I'm not a drinker, but I tasted it. Mm-hmm. It's good. It. It's you, can t- you can tell it's, for, it's made with rice. I like it. Yeah. Mm-hmm. No, no, it doesn't was, have like great. A, it's not really bitter. It's it's very smooth. Mm-hmm. Yeah, it's part of the experience. So that when people come, we you have your option between your caffeine or your alcohol. Yes. So you know you can either some people are really nervous. You know you can give them a little bit of a little bit little bit of boost if they're if they're uh, tired. If they're really tired. A little yeah. Bit of both. yeah, we got Red Bulls. Yeah. And for people mm-hmm. who are just crazy and listen to new metal or whatever, we just they mix it together. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> and then they die. Oh, John R's got a number two. He says, What's a good raspberry vodka, you ask? There isn't one. Ha. And number three, something weird, liquor wise, that no one would expect you to have have at a party, absinthe. Let me know before you Ooh, go to the liquor store yeah. again and I'll hook you up. Mm-hmm. Good stuff, by the yes. way. Have you guys had it? Oh, yeah. yeah. I'm pretty sure we got some. It is really good. You could put an ice cube in it and then light it on fire. That's what? like one of the um one of the what do they call it? Uh, traditional ways to do it. 
Cool. Burn your little, or maybe it's like a, a sugar cube or something. Oh yeah, that's what it is. A sugar it. cube. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Oh, yeah. And it's got it's made with wormwood. It's mm-hmm. psycho, mildly psychoactive. Yes. Mm-hmm. But I, I think that's the stuff in Europe. I don't think you can get that here. Oh, interesting. Wormwood. Yeah. Yeah. I think this. So I was talking to that. He said he's like, oh, do you want absinthe? And I was like, is that is that legal here? And he's like, it's really different. Yeah. Mm-hmm. You go to Europe. It's, yeah, it's, it's very a different, different thing. Yeah. So everybody buys it all excited, but you know, it's not. F. Yeah. All right, let's see what we got here. Um, Andrew Carey says Biden is stopping extra unemployment in early September just after pushing for vaccine mandates. No coincidence. Interesting. Mm. Interesting. All right. Balian says, not Ian. According to Rachel Maddow, the Afghanistan fiasco is all because of Trump's immigration laws that hindered the Afghan people from coming to the U.S. Of course. Of course. They couldn't get out. Or they couldn't get in. Yeah. What's, mm. what's the phrasing here? Michael Shipley says, I found a company that will customize beanies. Let me know where to send the info. You want to? Yes. UFO at gmail.com. That'd be good. I will accept that. Cigars and Cig Arms says, I don't know what's the most amazing phenomenon from the last year. Right wingers turning on the cops or left left wingers simping Mm. for Big Pharma. Great. There you go, man. Mm. Mm -hmm. Funny, huh? John R. says, number four, no, I'm not an alcoholic. Hmm. All right. <laughs> James Nelson says, never forget the 150-ish generals and command staff Obama and Biden purged to get this woke military. Hmm. Oh, yeah. And Trump didn't do that. Trump could have come in and been like, you're all fired. The one thing he was famous for. Mm-hmm. And he didn't do it enough. <sighs> Ironic. Sarah says, a friend fought in Afghanistan. After withdrawal, he's one of only a handful of soldiers left from his unit. The rest passed in the last week. Suicide. Support our veterans. They need and deserve it. Definitely, man. Sorry to hear it. Wow. Oh, man. Herp Derp says, what's the most heart-wrenching movie scene you've seen? Someone showed me the choice scene from Sophie's Choice today. Broke my heart into a million pieces. Yikes. I'm a big fan of that scene from The Notebook. Um, Ryan Gosling. I won't won't spoil it for you. Watch The Notebook if you haven't seen that. Oh, man. It Mm. was in... um, it was in Fast 8, you know, when I'm just kidding. Very emotional. Very emotional. Very emotional. We were in the theater Fast together the when that happened. Yeah. Yeah. No, the notebook's good. Touching, yeah. Very, uh, very emotional. I cried, man. That was yeah. an emotional time in my life. But whew. Yeah. I think I cry every time during that final scene. So when good. She, when he finally breaks through and gets to her. Oh, yeah. God. Yeah, that's, that's gut-wrenching. I'll have to watch it. Oh, it's great. Mm-hmm. <laughs> so I hear all right, let's see. Brian Ventura says, Tim, hitting Chicago for the first time this October. <clears throat> Keep up with the foodie scene there still? If so, what's the best neighborhood to find the following? Ramen, pierogies, deep dish pizza. P.S. Love the website. Best $10 ever. Hey, Ooh, thanks yeah. for being a member at TimCast.com. Nice. Um, ramen. I don't know about ramen in Chicago. Do you have any? I've never had it in Chicago. Yeah. Mm. Pierogies. Well, I don't know if it still exists, but in, in the Midway area where I grew up, it's like a very Polish neighborhood. And you you can probably find uh, a lot of little Polish delis around there. Like it's like Pulaski Avenue, you know, on the mm. south side. Perfect. But uh, man, I honestly don't know. Deep dish pizza, however, you know, I like Lou Malnati's. What do you think, Giordano's Lou Malnati's? I'm gonna go with Giordano's, but we got it frozen and had to cook them off. And I think the um, what, it's not, it's not Illuminati's. What do you call it? Lou Malnati's. Lou Malnati's. <laughs> <laughs> it, was, it was a little I watery. Like I think because it was frozen, it would it would yeah. become a little watery. So I didn't get the yep. full Lou Malnati's experience. I will tell you this: when we order Giordano's here, we order deep dish because we're like, I'm like, hey, I'm from Chicago. I'm like, make people try it and see what they like better. 
when you cook the Lou Malnati's, it's like it comes out with water on top, and I literally lift it and drain the water off of it. Oh, weird. It's not mm. bad though. It's like tomato juice. It's just like watery, and I have no problem with it. It's a, I think it tastes better. Mm. But that's just like full disclosure. Mm. The Giordano's mm. thing, it tells you to microwave it. Yeah, weird. Yeah, yeah it comes in move. frozen. It's like microwave it, then bake it. And I'm like, oh, that sounds really weird. No, no, that's that, something's wrong there. It is I good. Like that. <laughs> it is still good though. Uh-huh. It is very, very. good. I'm a huge fan of the art of pizza in Chicago. If you guys mm. haven't had that yet, the deep dish art of pizza. Mm. I used to go to a place nice. called Big Tony's, which is just to the west of um, what is it, Bucktown, I think. It's like it's like it's like in Logan Square, and I would get the the Jardinera pizza, and that was my favorite. Mm. Like I with the with the carrot and yeah. celery and all mm-hmm. the cauliflower, yeah. Yeah. pickled veggies. Yeah. Oh. Jardinera, that's a Chicago thing, right? Yep. Yeah, yeah, yeah. That's good stuff. Yeah, I remember when I first went to New York, I went to a sandwich shop, like a bodega, and I was like, I'll get you know, let me get like a roast beef and cheddar with some Jardinera, and the guy was like, with what? What? <laughs> and I was like, Jardinera, and he was like. I don't know what you're saying. And oh I was God. like, uh, like, like, Jardinera. And he's like, bro, I don't know what that is. And I went, oh. <laughs> I went to, I went to Potbelly's and I saw the bottles and they're called hot peppers. Mm. They don't say Jardinera. It's a Chicago thing. Oh, okay. right. Yeah. yeah. It's like being a different country. It's like, what do you mean? And then I remember the first time I, when I was buying the sandwich, they had no option. It said hero and roll or whatever. And I was like, the hell's a hero? <laughs> yeah. You know, like, no, 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 hero, H-E-R-O yeah. is what a sandwich is called oh, in New York. Yep. Yeah, it's called a hero. Yeah. And so I walk in and I'm like, what's a hero? And he's like, sandwich. And I was like, <laughs> but like, what is it? I don't know what it is. <laughs> we call them subs in Chicago. Yeah, yeah, yeah. yeah. Or hoagies. Yeah, yeah same as. Same yeah, as I guess, I don't know. No one really says hoagie. Yeah, I grew up with hoagie you in hoagie? the mountains. Yeah, that's what we yeah. called them. <laughs> yeah, hoagie. We said sub. sub. A long time sub. Yeah, yeah. In Ohio, there were subs. And we have mm-hmm. Subway everywhere. Sub yeah. sandwich. SS subs. Yeah. What's the best food in Chicago? Hmm. If I was going to recommend food in Chicago, well, we, we all love Portillo's. Mm. Oh, the Stinking Rose. That has some great garlic bread. I think that's downtown Ooh, Chicago. Nice. Mm. Well, there you Is go. That Chicago? Stinking Rose? Uh, go to El Gallo on, on Archer, South Archer Avenue. Get yourself a burrito. Burrito. That's where it used to go. There's Los Gallos. and No, no. El Gallo, I think, is on um, 63rd Street near Narragansett. And Los Gallos is on Archer. We used to go there. Those people. That, that was that was always so much fun. If it still exists, I haven't been there in a long time. Hmm. All right. Let's see what we got here. Well, that one's a mean one. I'm not going to read that one. Don't do it. <laughs> Total Wildlife Management says, my son is a new Marine. They just told everyone, if you don't get the jab, then you have to be discharged. But isn't that true for everybody who, who signs up? You get tons of vaccines? That's my understanding. Yeah. Yeah, I don't understand this one. Like, when mm-hmm. I, I know a ton of people who have joined, and they're like, yeah, you go through basic, they give you a bunch of vaccines. And it's like, okay, well, here's another one. I don't get it. It's an FDA non-approval thing. And I, I saw they did approve the Pfizer vaccine, but then I, I read something, or someone sent me something that said that it didn't, it didn't. It still had problems, but they just had approved it. Did you read anything about that? I did not. I did not see mm-hmm. that. I read that they that they passed the trials with an exorbitant amount of people, and that it's going into long term. It's going into phase four now, which happens after FDA approval. Mm. Which is okay. like, I, I look. I can respect people saying that they want to make their own health choices. I can respect people saying that they they want long term, you know, stu- studies and stuff. But I just think it's important to point out some perspective. Most people go to the doctor and get prescribed medications they never look into. And that should change. People should actually start looking yeah. into this stuff. Definitely. Mm-hmm. The information is available on the internet. Like, you should. Yeah. Just if that's your attitude now, 
maintain it across the board for your health and make proper health decisions. I think Mike Cernovich had one of the best uh, responses to this. It's a comic where it's like a big fat woman in a, in a, in a rascal saying you like about the vaccine. I don't know what's in it or whatever. And it's like his point was you're not healthy. There's a lot mm-hmm. of people who are like, well, I don't want to risk my health. It's like, dude, you eat greasy cheeseburgers and smoke cigarettes and get drunk. You're not like it's it, you're not. What is it? You know, it's, you're not worried about your health. Ideological. And in, in instances like that, it must be ideal, ideological, right? I mean, I, I, there's certainly something different from being like, I know that if I eat a cheeseburger, it'll make me fat if I eat too many and like taking a medication. But I just think there's a lot of small things that people should have some perspective on. And more importantly, like regardless of that, people should, you know, eat better exercise. Mm. You do what you got to do. Use that inversion table. You know, mm. yeah, that one's great. EOD Voodoo says first super chat Afghan vet a haiku. Yes. My children run in the yard. Missing limbs hinder, obstruct, delay, and drain. Was it all worth it? Thank you, Tim Castine. That's hardcore. Mm. Thank you. Mm. Logan Culver says, where's the Kurt Schlichter episode from last week? It is on rumble.com. Yes. If you go to rumble and look up Timcast IRL, it is also on the website. If you go to the website, it, it, mm. it will be there. Um, you know, there you go. Jared Lifeguard says, Ian, what, what would you think would happen? If we mastered fusion energy and magnetic transportation, what would the masses do with that technology? All the Timcast viewers have to find the time to read Atlas Shrugged. You could um, transport food across long distances really fast by launching it into orbit and then catching it as it comes back down with a magnetic like counterpole. Um, so shipping, it could it could accelerate shipping. You could also people could take trains from place to place, and you could have little villages all over the place as opposed to centralizing it in, in cities. So that would help the spreading out issue, I think. Connor H. says, How many ears does Jean-Luc Picard have? Three. His left ear, his right ear, and the final front ear. <laughs> yes, uh-huh. I love that joke. It's like Davy Crockett. <laughs> all right, all right, all right. Good uh, humor. <laughs> all right, let's see. Katie says, I'm not going to donate a lot because I don't have a lot of money, but I appreciate the work your whole team does. I love that you call both sides out, especially useless Republicans. I wish you all well. Thank you. That's the problem with the Republican Party. But it's like useless isn't as bad as destructive. You know what I mean? Mm -hmm. Right. So it's like, what am I supposed to do? I'm not going to come out and just lie, I guess. All right. Purposeful Porpoise says, yo, Tim, prepare yourself for the Stargate episode where the general looks straight into the camera and basically admits that the show is a cover for a real Stargate program. <gasps> Aliens confirmed. What? Oh, come on. What? I don't know if the joke we had from the from the jam session was put in the vlog, where we sang a song about Ian Ian's revenge. It wasn't in the vlog. It wasn't. No, it wasn't in the vlog. I wish <gasps> it was. That was a good one. Yeah, so we jammed a song where I was basically, it's like about Ian killing a guy. Oh, no. And but the 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 chorus is about how he kills a guy because it's his revenge. But the verse is me saying it's 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 really true. It's not a joke. You think it is because it's in a YouTube video and we're just messing around, but it's real. You know, <laughs> tell a friend. Didn't you? Yeah, <laughs> yeah, tell your friends. I should have said something like, "Please help me." You know, yeah, I'm stuck in a corner. <laughs> He's gonna are... come after me. <laughs> My hands on, only playing the song is keeping him occupied. Very yeah, good. Yeah. Uh, but anyway, yeah, about that fourth wall breaking. Um, I, I must have missed that one. What's, what season is that in the last season? Oh, it happened. Up. I thought they were saying it's going to happen. No, no, the show ended a long time Interesting. ago. Interesting. Yeah. Hmm. 
Yeah, this is a, like a Mayan Native American thing is that Stargates are real. They would have these like areas that were carved out that they would stand in. And when they were inside of them, their minds would transcend the universal superstructure. So it seemed and they would like communicate with aliens and see other realities. Tripping. Mm. Mark S. says, love Larry Elder. Totally voting for him on his rec- on this recall. Ian, Larry Elder is the guy that put Dave Rubin on the spot and got Dave to start thinking critically, more classically libertarian. Keep up the good work, you find people. Mm-hmm. That's right. Yeah. Uh, Dave was talking to Larry Elder and mentioned, I think he was talking about systemic racism. Mm-hmm. But Larry, like, clearly knew a lot more than Dave on the issue. And then Dave was kind of just like, respectfully, like, oh, okay. But then Larry's conversation with him kind of opened up Dave to be like, hey, man, you got to, like, read this stuff. And then Dave was like, okay. And Dave, like, he posts the video. He's proud of it, you know, mm-hmm. like, being the kind of guy who's going to hear something and then change his mind. Yeah, it was, like, from five years ago. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Yeah, uh, that's the one. Cool. Thanks for letting me know about that. Good clip. Great dude. Mm-hmm. Yeah, so Dragon Lady said the same thing. Ian, watch Dave Rubin's first interview of Larry Elder back in, I think, 2015. Awesome. Rubin calls it one of his most transformational moments. Wow. Mm-hmm. Very yeah, cool. Yeah, I could see it. Nong Mar says, is Ian Timcast Castle's shaman? Uh, yes. I guess technically by default. <laughs> Easily. Yeah. I'm down to hire more so. shaman yeah. though if you want. <laughs> Jesus Sanchez says, I don't know how far you are in Stargate. You should watch season four, episode 16. I will check it out. I've, uh, uh, so there's like three episodes that come on per day. So I'm in like season nine or something right now, but I've skipped half the episodes in between because I certainly can't watch three episodes a day. Mm. So it's like, you know, it's hard to keep track. You just skip through and look for ones you like the premise of? No, no, no. Because it between like four and six, there's like, you know, four, five and six, they play an episode of Stargate. And oh. I can't watch every episode all the time. So I'll see like one of the three. And then, you know, so now they're already at like the end of the show or whatever. That sucks. Oh. Amazing show, though. Really, really good show. I'll have to look for the one where they, uh, he looks at the camera. Mm-hmm. All right. Let's see what we got here. Elizabeth Carmella Comedian says, Hey, Tim and gang, the other weeks you shouted out my son, Orion. Blew his mind. Thank you. We live in Northern Cali, Solano County specifically. Don't believe what you see on the news. We are voting Newsom out. I'm voting in person. All right. Perfect. Nice. There you go. Yes. Let's see it. Nice. Let's do I'm it. feeling good. Sketchum says, PA Trucker here. I haven't had work the past couple of days due to no workers at warehouses to load or unload trailers. Oh, wow. man. It's coming. Wow. It's getting crazy. It's not good. Yeah. Matt. Ram says, do we trust the same people that approved the medication that started the opioid epidemic? No, Luke, I puke. I bought nine chickens for our roosters. Whoa, that's too many oh, roosters, dude. Oh, that is dude. too many. <laughs> <A lot of laughs> roosters. Luke's coming back soon. You know, he's coming back yes. soon. Um, as for trusting people, the issue with the opioid epidemic was the, was the, um, not the FDA. It was the pharmaceutical companies and the doctors just like dishing them out. And what, they, they were like encouraged to prescribe, you know, medication, weren't they? Something like that. I don't know the full story. It was like mm-hmm. a big, a big investigative piece on it. Um, look, I don't, I'm not, a, not saying I'm a big fan of the FDA and like revolving door policies of like the head of this pharmaceutical company gets a job in the government or anything like that. But I think the opioid one is like telling people like to take a medication that turned out to be extremely addictive and problematic. Yeah, they didn't frame them as addictive. That was a big part of the problem. They mm-hmm. sold them to kids, like little kids too, young kids, oxycodone, mm-hmm. oxycontin, and then kids were coming down with hardcore addictions. Then they'd look for the next biggest thing. Then all of a sudden fentanyl gets developed. Oh, man, yeah. Probably mm-hmm. as a result or... Fentanyl's from China. Jeez, dude. Yeah, that's what's up. Kevin Pilgrim says, Chris says he is bad at speaking. I absolutely love him as an in-house guest. Great job, Tim Pham. Oh, yeah. Hey, there you go. Thank nice. you very much for that. Thank you. It's awesome. 
OMG Puppy says you can buy Lefee Absinthe. It's legal now. It definitely has a mild cannabis-like high in addition to the alcohol. I served some at a party, and there were some strange revelations, like a truth serum. Oh, snap. Ooh. Yes. Interesting. That was my experience with it, too, with the wormwood. Wow. Is really? It's mild, psycho- psychoactive, so you get the THC kind of wavy understanding along with the alcoholic subdual. Jeez. Jason Lindholm says, watched your Cast Castle video of you all getting musical equipment and gear. Jealous. I want to jam with you and everyone. There's a bunch of stuff with the music. It's, um, we license music for some of the stuff we do. There, uh, we want to make our own. We want to just generally produce music. I've got a bunch of songs I need to produce, but we're thinking like in-house for all of the, we've got what, like three new podcasts on the horizon and we're going to make our own music so that we don't got to worry about licensing or rights or copyright strikes or anything like that. And we want to have live shows. So we just need the equipment and the production. The, the speaker systems we got are so, so we can do the live shows outside. And then we got one so we can do live shows in the basement. It's going to be a lot of fun. I think Andreas got a song in the, featured in the vlog yesterday. I think that was one of his. Nice. Oh, yeah. Couldn't tell you. It sounds like his style. There you go. I think so. Crazy digital Helena art. Yeah. <laughs> Helena. <laughs> oh, see, here we go. Michael Adkins says Fast and Furious should team up with Transformers. Yes. <laughs> there we go. That, no that guys would be able to stay epic. away. <laughs> <laughs> All right. Tate Story says, hey, Tim and crew, 20-year-old guy and wanted to make a change and joined the Mises Caucus of Utah. Also, you're wrong. The Jazz Master is the best guitar. Also, if you're in the need of another animator, I would love to be of use. Eventually, yes, more animators. Uh, I tried the Jazz Master. It was good. So they have the Acoustasonics. They're like, it, I don't know how to describe it. They're not just acoustics. They are, but they're more like electrics. I don't know. They're amazing. Um, they all sounded great. They were all really, really amazing. The jazz, so I would say the Telecaster I thought was sounded the best, then the Jazzmaster, and then the Stratic, uh, the, 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 the Stratocaster. It's a, it's a close tie though. I think the issue with the Jazzmaster was that it did sound really, really good, but I just am impartial to the Telecaster, I guess. So maybe that's a fair, maybe that is true to say the Jazzmaster is, is better. Um, I think it's just personal preference at that point, but I was really impressed with the Jazzmaster to be completely honest. I was like, wow. Sean Anderson says Fast and Furious 1 is point break with cars, and I love it. That's right. Point break. Great movie. Aiden says, will you guys have Charles uh, Hiskinson on as, as a guest? Cardano has exploded recently. Yeah, we've been meaning to do that. Hoskinson, yeah. Hoskinson. Hoskinson. Oh, yeah, yeah, yeah. He just needs to reach out to me. Cardano has a bright future. I don't know. I still have not been reading a lot about it in the last couple of years. But I'm optimistic. Yeah. I have, I have a decent amount of Cardano uh, ADA tokens. Hoskinson's a visionary. I mean, he was a part of Ethereum, so it's just, I, I look at a lot of the altcoins as, like, stock. You know, it's not necessarily, there's, like, utility tokens yeah. and stuff, but Bitcoin is decentralized crypto. Everything else is kind of, well, Monero and stuff, I guess, but a lot of, a lot of these altcoins are, like, stock. Mr. Laxative says, what's the ETA in the Timcast app? Oh, man, probably months. I have no idea. Uh, we're working on it, you know, um, so that people can use, listen to the episodes and everything. We needed to start, We man. So we need to start uploading audio versions of the members only stuff so people don't have to use a lot of bandwidth and, you know, make it easier. I will say, though, the Brave browser has the ability to play a video and then uh, uh, sleep your phone, turn the screen off and still listen. So apparently that people were saying that's a solution if you want to listen to the episodes without, Mm -hmm. you know, your phone being on the whole time. Uh, Let's see. James Oldages says, please look into right to repair and discuss it with Louis Rossman. It's an issue we can all get behind. Another standing invite. Absolutely. To follow up with me. I bet that's a bigger deal than I realize right to repair. Mm-hmm. Mm. 
I want to talk to Louise. Yeah. Louis. Yeah. All right. Let's see. We'll do a couple more here. Jumping down. Oh, I see somebody asking us if we've heard of Yuri Bezmenov. We have. Oh, oh yes, we have. Yuri Bezmenov. Yeah, put a nickel in it's the. It's a Bezmenov. Russian uh, ex-KGB. Mm-hmm. It's kind of a joke. People ask that a lot. Every. Do you know who he is? No, no, I don't. He worked with the, the KGB and, and, and like came out in the '90s and told America like the, the communist motive is a long 80-year plan, 20-year plan where they will go in and seed your culture and transform the culture from the grassroots and then take over the country that way. Wow. And it's been going on in the United States for like 20 plus years. He was telling. Interesting. Yeah. Huh. Sorta says, Tim, Americans can make whatever medical choices they want. It's called against medical advice. There are federal laws protecting it. No matter how you choose to live, you are free to choose how you live. Mm-hmm. I'm 100% for people making their life choices. I wouldn't want to make a medical decision for anybody. I'll have to look up the AMA rules. Mm-hmm. And that's why I'm like, bro, if I was in a zombie apocalypse and people were like, I'm fine with it, I'll be like, I'll leave. That's the thing, too. Like, Remember the smoking? You could smoke in bars. Mm-hmm. They banned it all. I don't smoke. I hate smoke. I hate being around people who smoke. And I was against banning smoking in bars and restaurants. So in Chicago, when they were doing it, I was young, but I was ta- I would always talk to people, and I'm like, why? If you don't like smoke, don't go to the bar. And I had friends be like, yeah, but that's BS, because I'm like, I can never go to the bar because people always smoke. And I'm like, yeah, that's too bad for you, I guess. If the bar is okay with it, don't go there, and that's that's too bad oh, for I, you. We talked about this before. The employees, it screws the employees, too. Quit! It's not no, that dude, easy, no. though. Just because one idiot wants to smoke a cigarette in the back of a room and destroy you mean the entire restaurant. Your boss atmosphere. says it's okay and, you're, and they're allowed to do it, and you're like, I'll keep working here. Yeah, if mm. the boss is like no. an unhealthy smoker and doesn't care, but all the employees are getting sick because someone's people are smoking in the restaurant. That's Nobody, no, there's no obligation to the employees or the employer between each other. It's a contractual. It's a, it's a, it's, a, it's an agreement. Well, the manager. It's, I mean, you might be right that it's more of an owner decision. If, if if you are like, I would like to work at this bar, but oh no, people are smoking. Maybe you shouldn't work there. To be like, well, I'm going to unilaterally decide no one's allowed to smoke anymore. Like, okay, dude, you can just leave. People are enjoying the place. They used to smoke on airplanes. I, I was watching that. I understand. Old images so gross. Mm-hmm. You can't leave an airplane, and you oh, don't know that people are going to be smoking when you go on the airplane. You're trying to eat when you're at a restaurant, and it's like, oh, I can't, I can't taste my food because mm-hmm. I smell smoke. Yes, it's just gross. not a. I flew on a plane to Morocco that had ashtrays on it. Were they smoking? No, no, no. You weren't allowed to smoke. Oh, it was oh right the after. plane was so old. Yeah, they I were ashtrays. Yeah, there's still cigarette lights. The, on ash, planes. Airplanes are different. Okay, definitely. But I do recognize that it's not. A one-for-one issue where it's just like either you allow businesses to allow smoking or you don't. Bars are different. Right. You can walk Mm. into a bar and walk right out. You go onto a plane and you're stuck on that plane for a long time. So I can certainly respect them being like, hey, we don't want people smoking on planes anymore. Plus the the just general risks of being in the air and the smoke and stuff like that. Yeah, that'd be brutal. Mm. Yeah. I wonder if they've done studies on if uh, bars, if, if businesses are more or less profitable since they've banned indoor smoking. Nationwide, right? Yeah. Mm hmm. All right, let's read one more here. We got Eddie. He says, hey, Tim, my super chat closed for some reason, so I'll donate again. The Afghan script reminds me of how the U.S. messed up in Allende, Mexico, and Los Zetas came and killed many. Mm. Also, would love to see you guys talk China with Laowai86 and Serpensa. Also standing hmm. invites? Uh, yep, correct. <laughs> <laughs> three for three. Woo. Everybody, <laughs> there's something you need to do right now. Right here at the Cast Castle, there is a sad Ian. But by pressing the like button today, you can ensure that the sad Ian will be a happy Ian. It feeds me. (laughs) (laughs) Smash that like button. Subscribe to the channel. 
Share the show with your friends. If you really like it, go to TimCast.com. We're going to have a members-only segment going up, going up around 11 or so p.m. You can follow me at TimCast, and you can follow the show at TimCast IRL. Bunch of new shows in the works. We just did a live read for the, the new Mysteries show. We were going over, like, style and stuff and directing. So that's coming soon. We're working on the branding of it. It's There's a lot that goes into making a show, you know. But I, I will say a lot of it we're just going to do. We're just going to like launch and just roll with it and then improve it through, you know, user comments and try and do a good job. So check it out. And, uh, yeah, smash that like button. You want to shout out your social media, Chris? Yeah, ChrisCar17 on Twitter. And uh, you can find the work of my, my work and the work of our amazing staff at TimCast.com. Read the yeah, news. Yeah, look at that. It's great work. Yeah. Awesome team. Promotion. Yep. Yeah. <laughs> All right. Uh, you can follow me at iancrossland.net and at iancrossland. Check out that vlog at the Cast Castle from yesterday. I did sing a little bit. A lot of times Tim and I will be rehearsing, and then we get footage of it, and it's cool, like, behind the scenes chilling. But you also got to know, like, if I'm if I'm rehearsing music, it's basically like you're gonna smell me while I'm working out. It's the grossest <laughs> sound. It's I'm working it out. You know, it's that's not the final product, but you can watch if you want and enjoy. It. Yeah, we're gonna be recording a, a new song soon. It yeah. is so good. That one song, dude. Carter Banks is excited about. Yeah, it. our new producer. Oh yeah. I, I got a bunch of songs, and people are always like, "Oh, that's the one." I'm like, oh, "That was great," but he grabbed that other one. <laughs> yeah. That's yeah, nice. this, is, this one's I never recorded. It was just one, one that Tim and I had knocked around harmonies on for a while, but I hadn't thought to put it in the top three that we would do first, but Carter was like, that's the one. Hmm. All right. We got a producer. All right. Nice. Exciting times over here at TimCast and TimCast.com. It's really fun to see all this stuff come together, and I'm really hoping that Chris will be a repeat uh, offender on our show here, as he now has no choice because he works with us. You guys <laughs> should follow me on Twitter at SourPatchLids as I attempt to gain more followers and Sour Patch Kids. We'll see you all over at TimCast.com. So become a member. We'll see you all there around 11 or so p.m. Bye, guys. With Lucky Land slots, you can get lucky just about anywhere. Dearly beloved, we are gathered here today to... Has anyone seen the bride and groom? Sorry, sorry, we're here. We were getting lucky in the limo and we lost track of time. No, Lucky Land Casino, with cash prizes that add up quicker than a guest registry. In that case, I pronounce you lucky. Play for free at LuckyLandSlots.com. Daily bonuses are waiting. No purchase necessary. Void were prohibited by law. 18 plus. Terms and conditions apply. See website for details.